When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome aboard National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sills. Pull up a chair, sit back. You want to be part of it. We go back and forth like a ping pong in the chat room. If you just want to watch the show and listen, we are packed today, and I appreciate everybody coming aboard. First hour, the head football coach of the Clemson Tigers, Dabo Sweeney, will be with us at the bottom of the hour. Can't wait to talk to one of the most important coaches in all of college football. I think his football team has a chance to win the national championship this year. So we will talk with Dabble Sweeney. That'll be at the bottom of the hour. Hour number three, a man who was with Dick Vermeil when he came to Philadelphia from UCLA and started that great run. Carl Peterson, the former general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs, will join us. He's the man also that hired Dick Vermeil to be the head football coach in Kansas City. He and Dick Vermeil are partners with his wine company, and we will talk to the man who was there with Dick over the weekend at the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. So we'll talk to our friend Carl Peterson. That'll be in hour number three. We appreciate all coming aboard, and it is football season here, man. You know what I'm really digging? I'm really digging the access that the Eagles give the fans to watch some of the practices on their social media platforms. You know, it's a new age now where you get a chance to watch your favorite team, whether it be the Patriots or be the 49ers, the Buccaneers, what have you, the Eagles, obviously. What the NFL has done now by giving access so that you can watch the practices. Yeah, there's narrative going on with some of the people that they have in the building. It's all good. But for me, I love it, man, because you get a chance to watch the players on how they are going through this new wave of being coached. It is a new wave. It's a new style of coach. And you know what? I think it's more of a me thing. When I'm talking about the old school ways and how you have to practice, you know, you don't have to do the three-hour practices. You know, I was listening to Barrett earlier, and – Lane Johnson was on, and he's saying, yeah, man, we're so efficient now. We don't have to do the three-hour practices anymore. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. You know, there was a great saying back in the day that Marv Levy told me that he used to tell us Buffalo Bill guys. And that was this. Don't guard your desk. Don't sit around and guard your desk. If you're coming and and you've got to sit here for eight hours and you're going to guard your desk, don't. You get your work done in two hours, three hours, four hours, 12 hours. Whatever it takes. Don't be 
chained to your desk because you feel obligated. Make it productive. And that's what you're seeing with the new wave NFL and how they're coaching these kids and how they're getting to the players now on trying to be a little bit more safe. So I get it. You know, I'm talking, you know, we're sitting here, we're, we're constantly banging on the fact that these guys are not out there, in my opinion, preparing for an upcoming NFL season, physical football. I think you have to have physical practices. That's not what they're saying nowadays. So again, I think it's more of a me thing here. little bit of news. I heard Rob talking about Jason Kelsey going in for a scope on his elbow. I've had a couple of those. You break your bursar sack, and you have bursar sacks in your elbow and in your knees, and those things are just nagging injuries. I don't think it's really anything to freak out about unless they find tendon issues in there with Kelsey. And by the way, that's one of those positions you can't afford to lose. Your center is the quarterback of your offensive line. Without that guy in the building and without that guy in the huddle, that's a major loss. And by the way, am I saying that that's a significant? No, I'm not. But what you don't want it to do is linger into being something that could be absolutely over the top. Timothy, I'm not worried about it. I just think it's a concern that you should keep an eye on. Does that make sense? That's all I'm saying. I am not sitting here in any way saying, hey, look, this is this could be a troubling moment here. For That's not what I'm saying. It's just something to keep an eye on. Because what you don't want it to do is linger on into the season where it becomes a nagging injury all season long for Jason Kelsey. And you start to see it a little bit in his performance out on the field. That's all I'm saying, okay? Just something to keep an eye. You know what it also does? It also gives Cam Jurgens an opportunity to maybe not have to be redshirted a little bit this year. He's going to be getting important reps now. These are going to be quality reps. Instead of dealing with the fact that you're going to be kind of on the scout team here and doing some special team stuff, this elevates now him with an opportunity, next guy up, and you're going to be coached by Jason Kelsey in the process. That is amazing. Not only are you going to get Jeff Stoutland coaching you, but you're going to have also Jason Kelsey coaching you all at the same time. That's spectacular training for the young player. When you've got guys like that, the coach, the best offensive line coach in the NFL, and you've got a Hall of Famer also teaching you, man, there's no reason for failure here unless you're just not good. And both these guys... Signed off on Cam Jurgens being part of the Philadelphia Eagles. I think this is a great thing. You're now going to get a lot of reps in the exhibition. Jason Kelsey doesn't need a lot of reps in the exhibition season. I'm not toting that guy out in exhibition games. And I'm not throwing him in hour and a half practices in his final season as an NFL football player. I'm not doing that. He doesn't need it. But this gives Cam Jurgens an opportunity now to get some playing time and some significant playing time. I absolutely love this. Again, it's a silver lining in this whole thing here is that Jurgen's going to get an opportunity to get some quality reps going against the ones. And you're going to be in a position where I would think this, you're probably going to tote him out there in some of the exhibition games to get him some live play so that you do get him ready just in case Kelsey's not ready for the Lions. So this is a silver lining. How about Howie, too? Watch this, guys. 
check in the good side here for Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman was looking at Jason Kelsey on how this guy's going out each and every single day. Band-Aids, duct tape, I mean, right? Staples. And he said, you know, let me get a guy to prepare for this transition. It's almost like Howie, again, it's Nostradamus here a little bit, right? Let's get Cam Jurgens. Let's draft him. Significant draft choice, too. And who would have thought people were thinking next year that he was going to be more of a relevant factor? We're talking about a guy right now that is going to be possibly relevant in the first quarter pull of the season, the first four games. So I'm all over that, man. Let me, let, let's start it off fun here. Okay. Let's start it off fun here. What new Philadelphia Eagle are you most excited to see playing in 2022? Of all the new players, A.J. Brown, Hassan Reddick, James Bradbury, Kaiser White. By the way, got to give it to Kaiser White. Thank you so much, dude. That was awesome. Retweeting um, our post from Jacob. I think this guy's had the best camp of any player in Eagle camp. And I think this guy's going to have a special season this year for the Eagles. He retweeted it. And we so appreciate it. Thank you very much. I talked to Tom Telesco about him. They really like the kid, man. And... You know, how he got – sometimes players, they just fall through the gaps here. And here he is, a Philadelphia Eagle. He's playing with an attitude. I told Tom Telesco that. Guy's been quiet. Guy hasn't said anything. And all he's done is he's gone out and played his ass off. He's gone out and really performed during training camp. And what I love the most about it is I'm not hearing anything about that player. All I'm hearing is – is that this guy wants to go out and play some ball this year, and he wants to be an every-down linebacker, and I really like the kid. So he's somebody that I'm looking at too. Um, there are so many new football players that are on this team that are going to make significant impacts. I mean, if you had to pick, okay, I see Jordan Davis. Boy, I'll tell you something. I'm really excited about Jordan Davis too, especially what we're seeing in training camp right now. Very excited on what we're seeing. The way that he's playing, the way he's prepared, looks to me like he's come in in shape. James Bradbury, hey, Edge, I, I, I think this guy, look at how many guys they got with chips on their shoulder this year coming into this season. Hassan Reddick on his third team in three years. I don't know. Maybe he wants to start putting some roots down. Bradbury kicked to the curb by new giant management. Didn't want to give him the money he wanted, okay? So he stays in the division. A.J. Brown is aggravated with the way that the Titans decided just to let him roll out of town and not give him the money that he thought he deserved. There is a lot of guys on these prove-it years and on these prove-it contracts that are going to go out this year and play with a chip on their shoulder. You know, there's nobody sitting here going like this. Hey, man, you know what? I got this thing made. We're all good. I'm looking forward to seeing this, man. Sills, what do what do Hurts have to do to convince you he's your guy? How many TDs? Flex, I'll get into that here in a minute. Dankos, we're not talking about Hurts. Why? There's 52 other guys on that team that are going to win 
the NFC East this year. He's just the major part of the whole thing. Okay? He's the major part of it. I'm going to be really looking forward to seeing this year. I really am. I'm going to be looking forward to seeing how they're going to play Jordan Davis and what his role is going to be this year. And I also want to see one thing about Jordan Davis. I want to see if Jordan Davis lives up to his tremendous potential for being a great football player. He had so many great football players around him at Georgia. And now he's got an opportunity to be a star with the Philadelphia Eagles on a good football team and potentially around some really good football players. And you've got a guy like, you know, what's great too. Look at Cam Jurgens. Cam Jurgens has Jason. He's got Jason Kelsey to sit there and talk to. Jordan Davis has Fletcher Cox to talk to. What do I have to do here? What's the first thing that I have to do when it comes to being an NFL player? I guarantee you Fletcher's telling him, get a routine going. Get a routine going as soon as possible. Show up on time here. Show up. Do everything the same. Show up. Have a routine. Get yourself ready to rock. Don't be showing up at all different times. Do your weight work here. Do your study work here. Make it so it's clockwork every single day. Every day that you're doing the same thing. I was taught that by Ed Jones. Tutal said, get a routine going. I wish I was told that earlier in my career. And I had a guy that I could lean on in Tampa because it is so essential on learning how to be a pro immediately in a professional league. You know, everybody comes into the NFL with tremendous talent, okay? It's the guys that understand that this is a profession, that you're getting a check now, that you're paying your own bills. Okay, you're not on scholarship any longer. I'm really looking forward to seeing him play this year and how they're going to play him and what his impact can be. By the end of the – you know, I thought N'Kobe Dean was going to have an impact on his football team. I'm not so sure of it right now. I think his – Learning curve is going to be a little bit slower than what we're seeing with Jordan Davis. I think Jordan Davis is going to make more of an impact, and I think they're really looking forward to having him part of that three-man rotation for the upcoming 2022 season. So I'm looking forward to that. And again, don't be down on N'Kobe Dean yet. In three years, if we look back and N'Kobe Dean's not the player that we were hoping, we'll know then. You, need, you traditionally need three years before you can find out whether or not you think a player is good or not. You just can't make an assessment in the first year. Jerry Rice didn't have really a great first year when he was in San Francisco. And all of a sudden, everything just took off for him because he started understanding what it was about to be a pro. So, I mean, there are so many great positives this year. Philly Eagle, 843. Did you see A.J. Brown presser where he says that Slay is a top five corner? You know, that's great. That's great teammate support. Edge, nobody's hitting anybody. Nobody's hitting anybody. I love the support. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna downplay the support. Great, awesome, glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear AJ Brown talking about his teammates. The more that you get talking players about each other, it's a great thing. It forms a bond. I'm not going to sit here and go, Darius Slay's a top five corner when you're not hitting or tackling. 
How difficult is that to say when you're playing touch football? Come on, man. Back up on the brakes a little bit here. Pump the brakes a tad bit. Before you start barking on who's great and who's not, let's hit somebody first. Let's get into Friday's game against the Jets before we start talking about top five corners. Okay? And by the way, I'm not aiming that at you. And I'm glad A.J. Brown is saying that stuff. That's a good thing. But when you're not tackling and you're not – you're not hitting anybody. How can you make that assessment? You don't know that, man. And by the way, that goes across all camps. Guys trying to tell me, well, this guy really looks good in camp. Well, you know what? By the way, Gary Cobb said yesterday, Jalen Hurts, in his opinion, he's been struggling. Some of the other people that you're hearing saying that Hurts is looking great. Okay. We'll find out in September here. We will find out in September. That's why I'm not down on Rager yet. Flex, the reason you're down on, on, on Jalen Rager is not because of what he's doing now. It's because of the lack of production on Sundays. I'm not down on anything Jalen Rager's doing right now in training camp. I'm down on Jalen Rager because Jalen Rager hasn't produced on Sundays. We could sit here and talk about Jalen Rager all you want. It means nothing until we get to the opening week against the Lions. That's even if he's on the team. I have no, 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 no. I'm Switzerland right now on actually most of the guys. Let's see it in combat. Edge, I love TJ Edwards too. I think he's going to play this year with a, with a massive chip on his shoulder. Tanner, appreciate it. Please, everybody, hit the like button. Thank you so much. Sills also said that the Jags were going to be dangerous and they ruined the opening game by being so bad. Reyes, they're going to be improved because they've got an adult in the building. They got an adult in the building. Let's do this now. I'm looking forward to Jordan Davis, in my opinion. By the way, don't forget, one of the great football coaches and owner of a national championship, Dabble Sweeney, will be with us at the bottom of the hour. The head football coach from Clemson. We'll talk to our friend. That'll be at the bottom. I mean, the changing landscape of college football. Teams now buying players. Teams now buying players. Crazy now. Back in the day, that was so taboo. They put SMU on the death penalty because of that stuff. And I know Dabo doesn't like the landscape of college football right now. He'll be with us at the bottom of the hour. Carl Peterson will be with us. One of the great friends of Dick Vermeil and former general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs, Carl Peterson, will be with us at 5.30. That'll be in the third hour. All right. Let's go here. I, I see you guys are really bringing up a lot when it comes to Jalen Hurts here. Is it a mistake by the Eagles and Eagle management not to play Jalen Hurts in the preseason. You think it's a mistake. Let me hear from you first in this. I know this. Brady's playing. Aaron Rodgers is playing. Josh Allen is playing. I don't think he's playing in the first one. Kyler Murray's playing. Okay, all those quarterbacks that are contenders are all playing in the exhibition season. 
Davy Boy says no. Hurts needs to play preseason just to throw it around. Big pick, and I think he should. Seth goes, yes, he needs the reps. See, you guys are not, we're not talking about 35-45 plays here either. I think we're all on the same page with that, right? Hell yeah, it's a mistake, Matthew says. Yes, it would be a mistake if Hertz doesn't play in the preseason. He needs as many reps as possible. If he wants to be successful, that's Tanner. Tanner, I want him to have quality reps. Not stuff that people are putting on their phones. And you're playing pitch and catch and you're knowing you're not going to get hit. That, to me, is not quality reps. Those aren't quality reps. And for a guy that's still learning to play the position, will we not agree with that at least? Let's let's compromise. A guy who's learning to play the position needs as much quality reps as possible here. And organized team activities and organized team scrimmages, those are, those are more than what's going on now. Like Friday's reps that some of the players are going to get in the exhibition game, albeit exhibition, it's still quality reps. Phil Simms said that about a month ago. Phil thought he needed to play in the exhibition season. Scrimmages, although not enough, needs more. First quarter half for the first game after that, give Carson Strong and the other guys an opportunity. The joint practices are quality reps. They are not. When you're not hitting the quarterback and you're not doing any of that, those are not quality reps, dude. Those are not. They stop the practice. They're coaching. Quality reps are game reps. Those are quality reps. When you're in practice and you're stopping practice, that's coaching reps. There's a difference. The joint practice is true It's a tick up. True. It's a tick up. But it's not even what you get when you're playing in the exhibition games. Last year, Hertz only had one drive in the preseason, and the team got off to a slow start. Some would say the Atlantic game, he looked pretty sharp. And then after that, when he had to win games throwing the ball because he didn't have those quality throws in the exhibition season, That's what you're talking about, and I agree 100%. Tanner Sills, do you think that the Eagles will keep their undefeated joint practices record intact? (laughs) Hey, I didn't even know you kept scoring that. I I just thought you went out there and you scrimmage against one another. Sills, what do you have to do to convince you? 4,200, 25, 30? Dude, if if Jalen Hurts does that, then you've got a massive conversation in the offseason. If he throws for 4,200 yards... And between 25 and 30 touchdowns, you're, you're, you're talking about an opportunity for them to sit down with him. I don't believe that he's a $45 million quarterback, okay? Because to me, I'm not going to get that tied up in a, in, in a style like that. I think the same thing with Lamar Jackson. As much as I like Lamar, I'm not signing Lamar Jackson to a Patrick Mahomes 10-year contract. I'll give him a five-year deal, and we'll keep it around that number. See, to me, I think that's what the holdup is in Baltimore right now. I don't think it's the money annually. I think it's the amount of years that they want to give Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar wants a deal 
that's comparable to what you're seeing with Deshaun Watson. But I also think he wants to have length of contract, which means more guaranteed money. And he wants to kind of like break the bank on what Watson did. I don't think Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson. I don't think he is. If I had to pick my quarterback between those two guys, it'd be Deshaun Watson all night long. I get it, too. Off the field issues, all of that way into it, too. But as a talent, Watson's better. When you evaluate and you use the most important test that you could possibly use, your eyeball test, okay? You use your eyeball test. What player do you look at and go, well, hey, that guy right there. That guy is a unicorn. That guy is a special player. That guy is a NFL quarterback. That's the guy I want to build my football team around. Okay? As great as Lamar is the face of that franchise, and I love him. He's a quality dude. And to me, he's a tremendous role model. Okay? Lamar Jackson is a tremendous role model. I love what he does with inner city kids. I love what he does with poor kids. I love the whole thing. He has absolutely made me look wrong. I thought this guy'd be out of the league in five years. Instead, he's one of the faces of the league. He's one of the faces in Baltimore. He's a true, true winner, man. I just love the guy. But I don't think that style of play has a long ceiling. And that's where Jalen falls in. Jalen Hurts is in a situation where his style of play doesn't have a high ceiling. You're not going to be around that long and be productive that long because of the way you play the game. If your game is relying on taking hits like that, you know, it's one thing to be Joe Burrow and you're sacked 70 times. It's another thing to get sacked and all of a sudden you're taking off running and you're getting whacked because you're a ball player too or you're a ball carrier. That takes its toll on a player. That absolutely takes its toll on a player, man. Okay? Xander just said this. I predict the Eagles give Jalen Hurts a $40 million a year contract for four years in this offseason. Wow. That means he came through. Xander thinks now that he, he is going to be a guy that will come through. And by all reports, by the way, you know, the players love him. You're seeing a lot of players, the coaches, everybody are throwing massive support around the kid. Okay? Boy, I'll tell you something. I can't tell you how far that goes. I'll tell you just a small story here. I got into Tampa Bay my first day. My first day, Ray Perkins drafts me. I was 100% so excited. The defensive line coach, Mike Dubos comes up to me and goes like this. We're going to play at nose, and I really have no idea why we drafted you. I mean, right there, man, my entire world was put on pause. So the D-line coach doesn't like me, and he doesn't even know me. He didn't like the fact of how I got in the league and how the Bucs went out, went into supplemental. I mean, Reggie Reggie White was a supplemental guy. This guy didn't care because he had another motive. He had another guy he was looking at and trying to coach, and he wanted him to play. All those things play a factor. And believe me, when you got as much insecurity in an NFL locker room, 
I don't, you you guys don't know. There's a lot of NFL insecurity with those players right now. Everybody's worried about their job. Well, not all the starters, but guys are worried about their jobs right now. You know, you got one life jacket on and you're worried about your life jacket. You're worried about your boat. You're worried about your deal. It's so insecure. And anything like that can set you off. And when you're Jalen Hurts and you have that kind of support, hey, the Eagles want to make this thing work. That's a really good comment. And that's a really fantastic thing that Jalen has going for him right now. Is that get this, the entire organization from top to bottom want this thing to work. I still have reservations of how he wants this thing to be in the hands of Jalen. We'll worry about that as the season gets going here, though, okay? Average starter gets about $30 million. Big Pickens says. That's what's going to be the franchise tag. I th- See, to me, I think it's more likely they franchise tag him, and then they'll decide, okay? I think it's got more of a possibility of a franchise tag. And then the question will be what they do in April on whether or not that they go into the draft and draft quarterback. I think there's more likelihood because Howie Roseman did not make those moves with the Saints to take a safety next year. Howie Roseman made that move with the Saints to take a quarterback. He's hedging his bets. Think about this for a second, okay? Howie Roseman made that deal last year. What month was it that Howie made that trade with the Saints so that he could get another first-round draft choice in 2023? What month was that? What month was that? Okay. Hang on here, folks. I hate to do producing live here. How... um, Fantastic. We're going to be getting Dabo Sweeney here in a second here. So we're looking forward to talking to the head football coach of the Clemson Tigers here, man. I think his football team will be a final four team. And I think his opportunity to play for the national championship this year is going to be pretty damn cool too. So I'm looking forward to talking with him. I think how he made the deal in April. Think about that for instance. Okay. Howie Roseman. Okay. How he made that deal in April. Okay. Let me see here. I'll ask him if he got the link. There we go. Did he say he had the link? Hopefully we we're able to connect with him here in a second. God, I've been looking for Dabble's hard to track down too, man. He is. He's hard to track down. Man, I've been working on Dabble for about three months, man, to try to get him on the program. Yeah, I, I, I look, I think Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, I think those three guys are going to be right there at the end of the day. I do think Alabama, though, I do think Alabama's got an opportunity here to, like, really be a special football team. It could be the best team, in my opinion, that, that Nick has had at Alabama. I do. I think it could be the best team here. We'll continue until we get Dabble here on here in a second. NC State will crush him? I don't think so. I think NC State's going to be good this year, though. Okay? 
Can you ask him about Brent Venerables going to Oklahoma? Absolutely. That's on my list of questions that I'm going to be talking to him here. So, yeah, absolutely. I can't wait. This, this football season has been, without a doubt, it's going to be, I think, one of the most interesting seasons that we've seen in a long time here in college football. I really do. And a guy that I have so much respect for. And by the way, let's bring in Dabo Sweeney here. Coach, I want to say this to you. And this is a compliment, Coach. You ready? So yeah. you finished the season 10-3. and three, And, folks, it's a down season. And I'm going to show you why that this is a good thing here. You had six straight ACC championships. Six straight times you went to the college football playoff. Coach, you set the, you set the bar so high. Now with your football program, we used to say the same thing, Coach, under Jimmy Johnson. Coach, we'd go like this, 10-2. and two. Man, does that suck. It, it, it's, it, it's now a level of play there at Clemson that's expected, no? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the expectations are high here, and, and that's a credit to, you know, all the great um, players and coaches that we've had, that, you know, over the past, you know, 13 years since I've been the head coach. And, uh, you know, we've set a standard. I mean, you know, we've had 11 10-plus win seasons in a row, us in Alabama, and uh, so – consistency is really, I think, has been our hallmark. I mean, not every year in my 13 years has ended in an ACC title, and not every year has, has been a national championship. But some years we've won the league, and some years we've even won the national championship. But the biggest thing is being consistent. And and really, you know, we've got five goals. They never change. And, and just trying to focus on achieving those goals. And, you know, the only disappointment from last year for me uh, of our five goals, we, we only hit two of them. We won the state championship and we won the closer. Uh, you know, we didn't win the opener. We didn't win the division and we didn't win our league. And, you know, when we hit, uh, you know, three or four or five of those, we usually have a special type of season and from a, from a championship standpoint. And, uh, but the big thing is, is having a, a program that consistently competes. And we did. We competed all the way till the end uh, last year, and we, we, we gave ourselves a shot. We got in a, in a bind. We were four and three. And, you know, been a long time since we've been four and three around here. Uh, a lot of these guys hadn't lost three games in their career. I mean, some of these guys, you know, these older guys were a part of teams that won 29 in a row. So that was, uh, it, was it was the first real adversity that we've had in a long time. And uh, but like I told them at four and three, uh, we're, we're, we're not defined by being four and three. What we're going to be defined by is how we finish, because that's what we control. And to be quite honest with you, with the team that at that moment, I, I told them, I said, we probably got more of an opportunity to really uh, show people what we're made of, what our foundation is built upon, what the culture of Clemson is. Uh, it's not going to be easy, but we probably have more people paying attention right now than we would if we were seven and up. And so to win six in a row, uh, to, to find some gritty wins along the way, uh, you know, I'm super proud of that team. And, and I now have the long, we go from four and three to six wins in a row, which is the longest winning streak in the power five going into this season, which just goes to show you how hard it is to win that that's the longest winning streak in the country right now at six. Wow. Uh, so I was proud of that team, but, you know, from the outside looking in, people, you know, expect us to be in the playoff and all those things. But I can assure you nobody has higher expectations than we have for ourselves. But for me, I've never measured our success based on uh, a championship or 
the playoffs or anything. I, I really measure every team on their commitment, you know, to the standard, you know, the what, how we handle ourselves off the field and, and all those type of things and just the character of the group. And we had a lot of challenges and a lot of injuries and things like that. And, and we just weren't quite as good as we needed to be in certain areas. But, man, uh, they finished well. And I think how they finished has given them a great perspective going into this season. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can uh, build upon it. Coach, I love your group this year. And it looks like to me you guys are going to be able to run the ball. But this is all going to come down to how well you're passing game, especially on offense. I'll get over to the defensive side of the ball here in a second. But do you agree, Coach? I mean, your your record at the end and where you want to be is all going to be predicated on what you do offensively this year. Well, I mean, you know, I always say teams win championships. So we got to do it together uh, for sure. But but there's no question we 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 got to be better offensively, and we will be. Uh, last year was, man, it was uh, it was painful in a lot of areas. Uh, but but you know the the thing about it, what I loved about it is again we found a way, and really honestly, with our least personnel available, we played our best football down the stretch, and that's a credit to the coaches. And the guys, you know, just finding a way. And uh, so, yeah, there's no doubt we've got to be better. We've got to be, a, you know, we've got to be a better passing team, period, the end. And we've always thrown the ball all over the park, and we've been very successful. And last year was a, was a perfect storm for us. I mean, we, we, we had a, a, a ton of injuries and things like that, and, and we didn't place as well as we're capable of in certain areas. We didn't help DJ. He's got to be better. we certainly got to be better around him. And we got to get a little. You got to have a little luck along the way too, in some key areas. But we're going to be a lot better up front, which is where it starts uh, with just functional depth. I love our offensive line. What I'm seeing right now, and what I think we have the the ability to do. We got to go do it. Uh, we finally got all of our receivers, you know, back in a good spot. And you know, we ended up having to start true freshmen, two true freshmen uh, last year uh, at receiver, and you know, everybody was hurt, and so. Uh, it's going to serve them well this year, but getting all these guys back it will, will help DJ. And we're a much more experienced group. Uh, but we are going to, it's going to start with running the football, but people know what we've got in the backfield and also saw how we struggled last year. Catch, we dropped a bunch of balls. We missed some throws. We were, as a result, a poor third down team. Uh, so those are things that this team has to, uh, to improve upon if we want to have a better year and I, and I don't have any doubt we will. And then defensively, uh, same thing. we got a lot to work on. We weren't a good, we, we probably, we were a good defense last year, but it was our worst third down defense in 10 years. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, we and, and had some injuries on that side too, and some young guys here and there, but it's a very experienced group, but we're built in the trenches, I think on both sides. And uh, if we can, you know, stay healthy, I think we've got a chance to, to work all the other rest of that stuff out. Coach, you know, one of the things that I enjoyed when I was at UM with Jimmy Johnson is that coach would have all these coordinators leave, you know, whether it be Dave Wanstead, Butch Davis, what have you. Dave Campos on the team there with us. And the one thing that we always were able to do, even if the head coaches changed from Howard to Jimmy to Dennis, the one thing we kept was a formula and a, and a foundation and a system that we remained intact. Obviously, Brett Venables is no longer there for you, somebody that's been on that side of the ball for you. But to me, it was more about the culture that you guys have created and what we created. We didn't want to – we always used to say, just don't screw it up. Let's just keep it going here and let's not screw it up. So, I mean, 
probably not going to see much of a difference, you think, on that side of the ball because you've created that culture on that side? Yeah, I mean, listen, players come and go, coaches come and go, uh, but, you know, it's a Clemson defense, it's a Clemson offense, and ultimately the culture stays the same. And, uh, you know, that's that we, we've established something that's really special here. And, um, you know, there, there'll be, there's always tweaks. You're always trying to get better. And, you know, Wes will come in and, you know, he, he, you know, he'll put his, he and Mickey and Nick, Nick's new coming in, he'll, they'll put their own little stamp on some things, but uh, how we play and the philosophy of how we play uh, that doesn't change uh, on either side of the ball. You know uh, I'm going to set the standard on, and the expectations always on who we are as a, you know, a defense and an offense from a philosophy standpoint. And then, you know, we're going to work within those parameters uh, year in and year out. We've always done that, even though, you know, you may have a new coach here or there, a bunch of new players. So, uh, you know, it's definitely uh, this is this is all about the players. I mean, it really is, uh, you know, for, for us, everything here is, has been has been driven, you know, by the players buying in to what we ask them to do. And, you know, us coaches get a lot, a lot more credit than we deserve. Uh, these guys make it happen. And, and uh, you know, regardless of, of you know, changes uh, around them, man, this is a special group that's bought in. We had 109 guys go through spring. Nobody left. Uh, everybody stayed. And I think that just goes to show, especially in today's world, it goes to show, you know, how they feel about their coaches and the culture here. Coach, I'm going to get into some uh, pretty tough questions about college football now because I never thought in my life, and I guarantee you because you and I are kind of around the same time when we played, I never thought I would ever hear something like this. Hey, it's cool to buy players from high school. I, I mean, you know, there were programs you and I knew that were out there that did that stuff, and, you know, the grandfather handshakes, the the clergy guy or what have you that – was was friendly with the family, all kinds of things from the old days. I mean, it's got to be really weird for you to sit there and have to deal with something like that and that transition. How has that been coaching against that when people are recruiting against you with it and how you've got to – and by the way, so people know out there, if Clemson wanted to, with that PTI thing, promise to pay, or that, that 30 thing that you guys have, trust me, Clemson could be right there with Texas if you guys wanted it. How are you keeping that all compartmentalized here? How are you, how are you handling that? Yeah, I mean, in a weird way, it's not any different than it's than it's ever been. You know, uh, it's just in the open. It, it's just things are in the open, and and you know, kids that can be manipulated in the process. We've never gotten those guys. Uh, you know, and so you know, we just can continue. Honestly, I mean, truthfully. Uh, the crazier it's gotten, the better it is for us. Uh, that, that's what I've experienced because, you know, our, we're, we're a very established program. I mean, I'm going on year 20 here. I'm on my 14th year as the head coach, and we have a very established culture, a very connected place. And, you know, we have a brand. People understand who we are in the recruiting world. And so, you know, the kids that, that are just making their decisions, and listen, the NIL is important. And, it, and, and from our standpoint, it's a, been a real positive. Our kids have, have, you know, our job, the way I see it is it's just another part of your program. You know, like if you want to get strong, you go to the weight room. You need food, you go to the dining hall. You need treatment, you go to the training room. You need recovery, you go to the wellness area. I mean, you know, we have to have the resources available. You need academics, you go over to the academic center. 
you need to learn how to play quarterback, come up here to the quarterback room. I mean, so it's another spoke in the wheel, but here at Clemson, it's not, it's not the cog in the wheel. The purpose of our program has not changed one word, one bit. It's just another, like I said, spoke in the wheel. And you got to make sure you have the resources. I don't want anybody to not come here because, man, we don't have a, a great program in place. But I don't want anybody to come here because of that. I want kids to come here because they value what we offer. And they want to, they like us as people. They, they want structure. They want accountability. They want discipline. They value education. They value long-term development as a man and, and, and career development. Those are the things that we're all about here. And, oh, by the way, as you, this is Clemson. I mean, if you want to participate in name, image, your name, that's, 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 there's no free ride, you know. And uh, so, you know, we don't get involved in the NIL stuff on the recruiting side. And I know there's a lot of that that goes on out there. And that's, that's gone on uh, before it was legal. That, that <laughs> went on. But we didn't get involved in that either. And so, it, to me, I don't really look at it any different uh, other than, hey, you know, it's been really good for the players. It's been a real positive, I think. I just think with any new thing, there's always unintended consequences, and there's always people that are going to use it in the way it's not intended. And, you know, you're going to have some kids that are 17 years old, and they're going to make decisions at 17 years old based on money. And I don't think that's a good way to go about things. I don't think it's a good way to go about things at any age. Uh, you know, I think, and then you get there because the logo wears off and all that stuff goes away. And then you realize, man, I don't like these people I'm with. So we really, honestly, uh, it's, I think, I think it has kind of even more, uh, separated us a little bit and, and, and made us maybe even more appealing to the type of kids that we want to recruit and the type of families and again, it's not that these kids don't want to maximize NIL. Yeah, absolutely. But but that's not their number one thing. That's just a part of the equation. And so, um, you know, our job is to help them navigate, to, to protect them, to train them, to educate them, to, to help them navigate and maximize NIL opportunity while they're in college. Some of these kids' brands will be bigger in college than they will if they go pro. So let's help them maximize that. But let's do it in a way that helps them stay focused on the long-term, you know, things that are going to last because uh, you and I both know, you know, short-term money, uh, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't hang around very long. And, and as a, the number one thing for us has always been graduation and, and that is never going to change. And man, I, I am the first college graduate, of my family. Uh, I know that 98% of these kids are not going to play in the pros and shame on us. If we don't do everything we can to, help them, you know, stay on track academically because they need it, man. They need it. And it's not that you can't be successful without your education. You can, but it's just harder. Uh, and, 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 you know, data says that. So, you know, I, I'm all for, um, I, and I, and I would love to see them continue to improve. We, we don't have any rules right now. We have no normalcy. We have no, no, like it's, it's like, Crazy. No guardrails. No, nothing. Nothing. And, you know, and, and so there, there's going to be some bad stories and some things. And then you throw in the fact that you got, you know, immediate eligibility. And so that leads to tampering. You know, we don't have any rules. Like you got a lot of tampering going on in college football. That's just a fact. It's crazy. You know, see what happens in the NFL. Boom. They come find you and, and, you know, and take the first round picks. And we don't have any consequences. So, but to each his own, people are going to do what they need to do. All I can, all I'm focused on is Clemson. 
I mean, listen, there's so much out there that I have zero control over. The only thing I am focused on is our program, these kids, man, serving their heart, trying to help them, you know, develop into the best players they can be yet. But more importantly, you know, great men. So when I see them when they're 30, man, they want to come hug my neck and high five me and not go the other way. So, man, I, we, we've built a, a branding institute. We, we've got an NIL coordinator. We have all these things to help them because there's a lot going on, you know, from from, you know, from an education education standpoint. Uh, so, I mean, it's been great. It really has been great for us, uh, you know, as far as how we've gone about our approach and, and, uh, you know, we're doing well in recruiting and, and we, we don't even, you know, we don't even talk about NIL. I mean, like we had an official visit. We didn't have one discussion about NIL until the last day, right before they left. And it was purposeful. And, and that was my message to them is, listen, I, I, you know, I know this is important. And if you choose to come to Clemson, there'll be opportunity for you. But I want you to come here, you know, because this is where you want to be and, uh, you know, and not base it on anything else. And and it's been really cool uh, as we've gone through this process to to see it all come to fruition. And then we've had kids on our team. I mean, I got, you know, K.J. Henry was able to to raise money to help his dad for a kidney transplant. I mean, what a great thing, something he wouldn't have been able to do pre-NIL. I think that's awesome. Again, this is their name, their image, their life. I've never had a problem. I worked all through uh, college. You know, the, the only thing that I've always, you know, really, really just drawn a line in the sand on is going away from the collegiate model and, and you know, doing away with academics and the scholarship and, and just completely devaluing education. Man, we need to do everything we can to incentivize graduation and, and, and make sure that we fulfill our responsibility uh, in getting these guys equipped and educated and having degrees. You know, I've had 324 seniors and 318 graduates, um, you know, and that, that's my scorecard. That's, that's the thing that matters most to me is, is making sure when they walk out of here, man, they got a degree uh, and they've got an education because uh, there is a difference. And, you know, I, I want them to, to have that education to go along with that degree and have those tools they need to be successful. So it's a crazy time. And hopefully, you know, there'll be some order somewhere down the road, uh, whether it's college football restructuring and we have some type of parameters. Uh, but right now, man, it's, uh, it, it is, it's, it's crazy. And you hear some of these stories out there and you just go, wow. But like I said, you know, uh, I just, the good Lord's, God's is here, and, and uh, I don't have any doubt, man. When it's all said and done, you know, uh, you know, we're our guys are going to do well with this opportunity, Coach. So, am I under the impression then that schools can just contact your players, even if they're under scholarship, and if they're recruiting, say like, say, and I'm not going to name a school. I don't want to get into. I'll just name Eagle Creek University contacts one of your defensive linemen he's a second he's a second team guy and he contacts the parents or something like that and goes around the end so that he can get a message to the kid that hey they're not playing you there you're not getting you're not in the rotation from what I'm understanding your family's telling me that you're a little bit upset hey would you think about coming here and transferring so you have the transfer portal and you have potential tampering you're telling me that stuff goes on now with the big programs like you in Alabama, yeah. and no, and there's no guardrails on that. Yeah, there's no guardrails. I mean, they're supposed Holy to. Holy cow! How do you keep your guys in the building? 
Yeah, they're supposed to be, you know, there, there are supposed to be, you know, tampering uh, things, but you know, uh, it definitely, it, there's no question that goes on. And you, so you have all those things, but you all, you have, you know, coaches that have pressure of winning, you know, now. And, uh, you know, so you have, you can't, a coach is not supposed to contact a parent or contact a player who's on a scholarship somewhere else, unless they're in the portal. And, you know, but, but you see a lot of these kids, they go in the portal and they already know where they're going. How do they know where they're going? I mean, I've had yeah. kids come in and, and, you know, that over the years that are leaving, I'm like, where are you going? Well, I'm going here. Well, how do you know you got a scholarship there? You know, it's uh, it's amazing. Um, you know, so but listen uh, to each his own. You know, I, I don't really um, we didn't have anybody leave here. And I'd, I'd be foolish to think that we didn't have somebody contact our guys. In fact, I'm pretty sure that happened. Uh, so the focus is and what you got to do is you is you got to you got to do a great job with your with your roster. You know, you, you have to really, truly, and we've always been built from the inside out. And if you do a great job with your kids and you're transparent and you, you do a good job with your communication and making sure everyone understands where they are, um, because the grass isn't greener. Uh, you know, a lot of these kids, the, the sad part about it is there's a lot of, there's, listen, some kids, it's the right thing for them. It's the right time. It's, man, it's, a, you know, you, you're all on the same page. It's a good opportunity for them. Maybe they're a senior that's graduated that, Man, they, they're going to be a backup. They got a chance to go play some more over here. Hey, those, those are great things. But when you've got freshmen that have just gotten here and, you know, they, man, they go through spring and they're like, oh, man, I, I, I'm going, it's going to be a tough year. And then you got little Susie in their ear saying, I told you, man, you'd be starting here. And, or <laughs> what happens is a lot of times, you know, coaches will use players from their team to reach out, you know, uh, and get the players to, to start recruit. So, you know, there are no guardrails right now. There's no reason. There's no reason for pause. There's no consequences. And so I, I think there's going to be a lot of kids that that make decisions based on the wrong things. And then you're going to look up and they're going to be at two or three schools. And and then academically that I don't think that's healthy for them. And, and then in the end, what are you connected to? You know, like like what do you what's your like you're connected to Miami, right? Like like what are you connected to? And so uh, it, it's complicated. But I, I do think that I, – I mean, I think we're heading in the right direction, as crazy as that seems, because I do think um, with all that's going on, you know, there's going to be some type of restructuring and some type of order, you know, you know whether – people seem to want the NFL it, it, from a model standpoint, like, you know, with playoffs and, and you know, this type of stuff expanded. So if you're going to have that – then ultimately there's going to have to be some rules that everybody can agree on and, and things like that. But, you know, we'll see where it goes, but um, I can tell you this, man, we, we, it's never been better to be a Clemson tiger. And uh, we got a great group of guys that, that, and, and a great, you know, recruiting base and, and uh, you know, just a, a very solid culture and foundation that's been built over years. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to, to navigate these next few years as we keep moving forward. No, absolutely, Coach. You got a great culture. Two last questions for you here, Coach. Do you think college football is in a great place right now? When we're looking at the restructuring of college football, when it's these super conferences, and obviously Clemson, Florida State, Miami, and the ACC are targets for potentially Big Ten Southeastern Conference. Man, to coach today, social media nil. You got that. All the players are hearing all this. 
And then you got to go out there and have a three-hour practice. I don't even know if that's legal any longer. You got to go out there and have a practice. By the way, don't ever go to a Ray Perkins practice because they're three-a-days. So I won't bring that up. But, Coach, I mean, how how do you navigate where college footballers? Do you think it's in a good place? Well, I think, first of all, uh, I think the programs out there that are really relationship-driven, you know, they're they're, going to do just fine. Uh, the programs that are more transactional, they're going to struggle. Uh, there's going to be a lot of coaches, you know, there may be a bunch of coaches not keep their jobs. But, you know, I, from from where uh, I think college football is in a good place as far as what's going on with the players and that they have more opportunity to maximize some things while they're in college within the collegiate model. I think those I think that's great. I don't think college football is in a good place at all from a governance standpoint. I think it's an absolute mess. Um, and, and I, and there's, you know, there's no coach out there that, that won't agree with that. Uh, you know, at least not on camera. I mean, it, it it's, it's a mess uh, when it comes to order and rules, structure, et cetera. And um, it's, it's kind of crazy. So, uh, but I think, I think, um, I think it's gonna hit, I think it's gonna lead us into a better place. And I think we'll look up might it might be 18 months or two years or three years, but I think when we look back, when we look up in, in that time frame, we'll say, you know what, hey, all right, it, that was there was some pain along the way, but hey, we're in a good place right now. As far as overall college football and the the popularity of it and all that, I mean it's never been better. I mean, people love college football, you know, uh people and again, people sitting around all day, every day talking about the problems of college football. And so that tells you that, you know, <laughs> the popularity of college football has never been better because people care. But governance wise, you know, from from a, you know, just governance structure and being able to get things done, you know, especially like for the power 65. I mean, it's almost impossible to, you know, something that should take 40 minutes to get done takes four years. Uh, so the bureaucracy, the, the governance structure, it, it's not good. Uh, what we've seen from a player standpoint, there's a lot of positives, but, but it, but there's, there's some chaos that's come with it that that's not intended, but, you know, got to be dealt with somewhere along the way. Um, and then, uh, and then just again, fandom and popularity, Shoot, I mean, people love it. They, oh, they absolutely, because they're passionate about it. And uh, you know what? Regardless of what you think, people love to sit around and talk about college football. So you got the NFL and you got college football. I don't. It's the two most popular sports in the country. Uh, and uh, so I don't think that's going to change. But you know, I think from a moving forward standpoint, you know, you 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 to really be successful as a coach, you're going to have to really, uh, you know, have a great culture. You're going to have to really have, uh, you know, uh, great relationships within your walls. And uh, you got to be a great communicator. You got to get everybody to buy in more so than ever uh, before. And uh, if you can't do that, it's probably probably going to struggle. Finally, Coach, um, NFL aspirations. You just mentioned it. I mean, you're a young guy. You've built a legendary program at Clemson. Coaching college kids and making that transition to the National Football League, is that something, Coach, that is out there for you? Do you ever think about it? I know you're a Clemson guy and you love the program, yep. and this is where, you are where your feet is right now, Coach. 
And I always tell coaches and I coaches always tell me that, Hey, I'm where I am right now. That's who I am. <laughs> um, but is that, is that something out there that could be a goal down the line for you that you might want to try to do that and make that transition like Pete Carroll and Jimmy Johnson did? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at my career, you know, I've never been a move around guy. I've always been a bloom where you yeah. guy. I spent 13 years in Tuscaloosa and I'm on year 20 at Clemson. So, uh, you know, I, I've had lots of opportunities to, I had opportunities to leave Alabama and I'd be honest with you, I'd probably still be there. Uh, if, if, uh, you know, my head coach hadn't got fired and I didn't get kept by Dennis Franchoni. So, um, you know, I just have always been focused on being great where I'm at. And I've had a lot of opportunities, uh, to leave Clemson, both, both professionally and collegiately, uh, over the years. But I've, you know, I've always, I've just stayed here and, and I, I'm driven by my faith. You know, I always say, I, I, and I never say never. I mean, I don't think, you know, and, and if you, you can't make future decisions, you know, based on present situation, you know what I'm saying? Like, how do I know in 10 years or five years or whatever? Uh, I mean, I have no idea what the world's going to be. I mean, the, the new AD may hate me. I have no idea uh, what life will be. And so I don't waste any time thinking about that. I, so I always say, I never say never. And, and anytime things come my way, I'm always, I'm always just led by my faith and, and uh, man, I'll be here till I retire or, I, or, and, and, or unless God has a different plan. And uh, if God has a different plan, I'm sure he'll reveal that to me uh, on his time, uh, not my time. And, you know, it, it's, it's up, up to me whether I, I, follow whatever his will for my life is. And uh, so uh, I don't have, I don't map out 20 years. I don't map out 10 years. I, I, I map out today, uh, <laughs> like right now today. And that's how I go about it. And, you know, but I'm honest with you. I'm like, like all you got to do is look at my track record. Yeah. I met my wife in the first grade, you know, we started dating in the sixth grade, you know, been married 28 years. I'm a, I'm a very simple guy. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, I never say never, but I don't, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about any of that stuff. Well, I'll tell you what, your environment, like I said, is awesome. And the first time I played at Clemson, that little tiger paw, you see that little one out in the street, then you see the big one as you're getting closer to the stadium. And then you see that welcome to death Valley. I'll tell you what, man, it's one of the coolest environments that I've ever played in. They let loose like about 200,000 balloons back in the day at this game that we played in. I, I, Cause I started my career at Maryland coach and then I transferred to, uh, to Miami. And that was one of the greatest environments. And you have a really great environment. You have a great program. And I think you guys are going to be a final four team this year. Thank you so much for taking time. I appreciate with me. it, Dan. Hey, good to be with you, man. I appreciate how you go about things too. And uh, thank you, sir. Hey, all thank you. Have a great you season. You got it. That is Dabo Sweeney. Please do me a favor guys and hit the like button. That was awesome for him to spend that much time with us. Hey, real quick, I want to throw out there about our friends at Morgan & Morgan. Where the fee is free, know this. And you know what that means? They do not get paid unless you do. If you're hurt or injured on the job, finding an attorney to get you the fair compensation you and your family needs is one of the most important things that you could possibly do. That's right. With over 800 attorneys in offices in Philadelphia, New York, and in Florida, the biggest law firm in the country is going to do battle for you when they're in a courtroom. There's no such thing as a fender bender, and there's no such thing as a small case. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600.
Open 24-7, seven days a week. And as I said, the call is free. The consultation's free. 800-512-1600. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sales sent you. When choosing a lawyer for your injury case, you may ask, does the size of the law firm matter? Well, of course it does. The insurance company, they're huge with unlimited resources. And whether your case is big or small, they're built to bully you out of the money you're owed. But here's the good news. We're big too, the biggest actually. And we're built to bite to make them pay for all that was taken from you. Size is our strength. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. Forthepeople.com. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on Exodus. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. National Football Show with your boy Big Sills. Please hit the like button. I want to thank Dabo Sweeney for spending as much time with us as he has. And believe me, getting Dabo on is not that easy. So we really appreciate him coming on. Don't forget, Carl Peterson 
will be with us in hour number three at 5.30. We'll talk to the coach that was with Dick Vermeil at the Hall of Fame induction ceremonies over the weekend. Also came to Philadelphia with that coaching staff that put that Eagle team in the 1980, I believe it was, Super Bowl against the Raiders, and they ended up beating the Cowboys in that championship game. And then Carl Peterson ended up becoming the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs, and he would end up bringing Dick Vermeil back to the NFL and hire him as head coach. So that'll be in hour number three. As I said, please hit the like button. Who do you think how he helped the most this past offseason? Jalen Hurts or Jonathan Gannon? How about this one? Who do you have a little more reservation on? Jalen or Jonathan Gannon? I, I, for me, it's Jonathan Gannon. It's Jonathan Gannon. I don't, I, I don't, I, I want to see the guy be able to put all the pieces on the chessboard and win. And by the way, just because you've got a bunch of new pieces like you did in 2011 and you called that thing the dream team, that thing was a colossal failure. Just because you, Take yourself back to that 2011 team. Remember all the hype you had on that team? Remember all people, what you were saying? Hey, this football team looks like it could be a pretty good-looking team. Remember? Haven't you added just about as much to this team as they did in 2011? What's the difference here? What's the difference between the 2022 team and the 2011 team that had all the hype. This is the most hyped I've ever seen the Philadelphia Eagles, actually. I didn't even think that the 2017 team had hype around it. I don't remember that team having hype. What's the difference between this team and why you have more confidence? When you have more question marks at the quarterback and coordinator position defensively than you even did in 2011. What's the difference here? You got more question marks. What's this? You probably have more question marks at the quarterback position on this team than you did in that 2011 team, no? What's the difference? Help me out here. I wasn't covering the team as I am now in 2011. What's the difference? What 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 do you see in this team? Quarterback is average. Quarterback is average. I don't care what people think of him. Until that guy wins ball games, you're not getting me sitting here rubbing genie lamps telling you that that kid's a good player until he proves it. See, that's the thing about the NFL. You know what? Guys, I'm going to tell you flat out here. You don't get praise unless you earn it. I'm sorry. Just because an organization has good mojo on a coach or a player, that doesn't mean shit. You got to go out and earn your reputation and your respect. You can't have people asking you to go, hey, we really like this guy. What's that mean? Who gives a shit if you like the guy or not? Go win ball games. 
Go out there and lead your football team to a win. I don't care if you like this guy versus that guy. That's got nothing. How many people do you think really like Aaron Rodgers? Honestly, you think everybody in that green. Hey, watch this. In five years after Aaron Rodgers retires, let me ask you a fundamental question that'll go right into what I'm talking about with Jalen Hurts here. Five years after Aaron Rodgers retires a Packer, who do you think Packer fans are going to revere more? Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers? Ask yourself that. Who do you think Packer fan looks at and goes, I'll take Favre or I'll take Rodgers? Which guy do you think they would pick when it came to being revered more by their fans? Who do you think? What do you think? I think it's Favre. I think they respect Favre more than I do Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers is the better player. Rodgers is the better quarterback. Favre threw more picks. You know, Rodgers in 17 years doesn't have 100 picks. Doesn't have 100 picks. in 17 years of quarterback and, and over 440 touchdown passes. This guy doesn't have 100 picks. And yet, Packer fan reveres him more. Why? Because he related with the fans better. Everyone liked him. Look at Carson Wentz. This is why it stomachs Eagle fans. Eagle fans, in your wildest mind, there's no way you could say Jalen Hurts is a better thrower of the football and a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. I'm not talking about mentality. I'm not talking about being tougher. I'm talking about just quarterback skill. There's nobody in their right mind that would think that. Nobody. But because you relate more with Jalen, underdog. He actually represents Philly. You know why? Philly's an underdog city. Everybody in Philadelphia, the entire fan base, walks into Lincoln Financial with a lumber yard on their shoulder. Because they're always looking at the Cowboys and how they get all the kudos. And yet for the last, what, 22 years, the Eagles have owned the NFC East. You don't get any credit for that. Nobody looks at the Eagles as being the, the Tiffany team in the NFC East, even though you've dominated the East. Eagles have more playoff wins than all the rest of the teams in the NFC East combined since 2000. Do you know that? You don't get the respect. It's a fact. They look at the Cowboys or the Giants. New York and the Cowboys. And there's Philly. Am I wrong? Hey, Sills, you cannot criticize Hurts if we win. Agreed? Yeah. I won't be talking about him as much because he won't be a factor in leading teams to victory. As of late, the Cowboys have dominated the Eagles. I said playoff wins, Anthony. Playoff wins. I know sometimes the internet's a little fuzzy for people when it comes to hearing, and some of you need hearing aids. Playoffs since 2000 have dominated. The Cowboys have three wins in the last 27 years. Don't talk to me about Cowboy football. 
until you do shit in the playoffs. The Eagles have actually been to two Super Bowls in that time frame. Won two NFC championships and a Super Bowl, and the Cowboys pick their nose and go home and play golf. End of story. End of story. Wentz thinks his pocket presence is horrendous. Well, he stunk his way to 27 touchdowns and seven picks last year, and 3,700 passing yards, and a 94 quarterback rating. You hope your guy does that. And, by the way, beat winning teams last year. So before you bark at Wentz, look at the guy you have a quarterback in your team first. Win a game that matters. I'm not, you know what? I'm more hell-bent now than ever before. I am not giving Jalen Hurts anything until he proves it. Nothing. Watch this. Seals, good guy, great guy. Watch this. I'm going to show you something here. All this stuff here has nothing to do with winning. Great community guy. Wonderful with the media. Fans love him. Works hard. Great teammate. Funny. Accurate. Great pocket presence. Can read multiple receivers. All those things matter, quarterback. And the other things? You're a public relations king. He's great in public relations. Great. It's funny. People asked me the other day, Seals, would you rather have Jalen Hurts or Deshaun Watson as your quarterback? My quarterback? Deshaun Watson. Marrying my daughter? Jalen Hurts. Representing my company? Jalen Hurts. Representing my school? Jalen Hurts. That's not a conversation. He's a great dude. So what? Why didn't they make the playoffs? Not sure who you're talking about. All around auto. You're a hater. Been to playoffs every year since he's been a starter. I'm not sure what you're talking about. Hertz will get us to the Super Bowl. Hertz has got to win a game that matters first. Wentz last year in Philly, one 300-yard passing game in 12 games. Jalen had two and four. Wentz owns the record for the single-season most passing yards and is one of the quarterbacks who's had 30 touchdowns in a regular season. Do you know he owns the touchdown mark for a regular season? And he also owns the all-time single-season passing mark for your franchise. Do you know that? The guy that you hate. The guy you hate owns it. So you're not playing Jalen Hurts in the preseason. You must think this guy's Tom Brady. Oh, wait, Brady's playing. I don't get it. I don't get it. He's That guy is not ready to win ballgames yet. I don't give a shit what you think. How great you like him. Who he is. I don't care what you think. Here. I hate people getting handed things. 
especially reputations. You're treating Jalen Hurts like he's Kyler Murray or he's Russell Wilson. Philly's making him look, and I mean management, is making him look like he's Russell Wilson. I don't see it. What's the most significant win he's had in his career? And I'll tell you what, I'll back off and I'll go, wow, you know, you're right. Young player like him, that's a great win. Tell you what, I'll, I'll eat crow right here. If you tell me the most significant win he's had since he's been a starting quarterback, please tell me. Okay? Life goes, what has Kyler Murray done? Well, Kyler Murray has turned a franchise into a winning franchise. And if you remember, prior to him getting there, the place was a train wreck. The place was a train wreck. And sorry, but I don't see Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray in the same room either. I, I do not. Saints win his first start. What year was that? What was the 2020? 2020 Saints. Did the Saints go to the playoffs that year? Were they good? Broncos sucked last year. Saints win. Not this last Saints win. They ran the ball 38 times for 240 yards. He didn't do anything in that game. What championship game? And you're acting like he should be Brady or Rodgers. Well, Rob, this is the NFL. How about Joe Burrow in his second year? Why not that? Can we do that? Or how about Patrick Mahomes in his second year? Who would have thought Patrick Mahomes out of Texas Tech would be a starting quarterback in one of the faces of the league? Texas Tech. The home of Billy Joe Tolliver. It's the only quarterback I can think of that ever played at Texas Tech. If Hertz takes Philly to the second round this year, would you believe then Big Sills? You know, isn't that isn't that crazy? You know, I think you guys, I, I, I really do think, because Barrett Brooks said this the other day, okay? Let's not talk stats with Jalen. But if we don't talk stats with Jalen, that means he ain't getting paid. Xander's saying that they're going to pay him $40 million per year. Good luck to you. I would never want to have that paycheck with that style of football from anybody. I don't care. Jalen Hurts, even Lamar Jackson, I might have a problem with it. It doesn't have a high ceiling and shelf life. It just doesn't. You can't name me a quarterback that has a, High shelf life with that style of play. Okay? Xander says, stop it, bro. I'd pay Lamar Jackson $50 million. Okay, for how long? Three years? I'm not getting my franchise tied up into a guy who's missed the last two years. And significant time last year. How many games did he miss? Ten? Eight? How many games did Lamar miss last year? We're starting to see that war of attrition play on him, too. 
So to Xander's uh, um, point, you want to pay a guy $50 million over five years and have that dead cap money when you can't have that guy available on the field? I don't know. And then you're caught in limbo because you're going back. It's the same thing the 49ers are in right now. Hey, you know why Trey Lance is in San Francisco? It's not because Garoppolo sucked. It's because Garoppolo's availability. Garoppolo's availability was limited. You don't get rid of a guy 38 and 16 and go, well, hey, you know, he sucks. And you're like, no, nah, well, you know, he's not really available all the time. He's missed significant time. What did Randall win? Name brand is onto something. Brady takes less to keep talent around him. That's right, name brand. He invests in himself. O-line, running backs. Okay. You know, I, I I heard I heard and I was watching the Sal Palantonio interview. Sal says that, you know, they had really a good screen game last year. I think the number one back had 30 catches. That's got to improve, I think. I think your backs have to improve on catching the ball out of the backfield. What a game we'll have. I think it was 33 catches was max. Slasher says, Sills, Josh, Josh Allen, Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts are not in the same spacecraft. What did Aaron Donald call him today? What was the word that he used? Let me get that. Aaron Donald said something about Josh Allen today. What was it? Here it is. A futuristic Big Ben. Unguardable. Just enormous. Six five and a half, six six. Runs four fives. Has a cannon for an arm. Futuristic Big Ben. You think you're saying that about the futuristic Jalen Hurts? Hurts isn't a dual threat. He's not. But see, he's, but listen, there is one way to look at this. Let's be fair here. That's a great, that's a great question, guys. Define to me what success will be for Jalen this year. That's a really great question. Tell me what you think success is this year. What's what what's success this year? Malcolm Jenkins said that Hertz is Wilson in the making. How can that be when Russell Wilson is an accurate quarterback? Playoff win. Playoff win. I love what you guys are saying here. You're not coming at me with stats. NFC East title. Allen didn't. Do shit is not even answering questions on Josh Allen. There it is. Xander has the answer of the day. Absolutely. Xander's got it. Let's see if you got it. Win 12 games in a playoff win. 
win the East in a playoff win. I don't know, man. Since LOV defense left Seattle, Wilson been average. Win the game. He's got two years left on the deal. Hertz has to show more quarterback talent. I'm going to show, I'm going to tell you, hey, GT says NFC title. Let me tell you what Xander said, and I love this answer. Success is showing me he can win big games. Dude, he don't have to throw for 4,000 yards. He's got to beat Dallas. He's got to beat Minnesota. He's got to be, dude, that's, isn't that the thing we've been saying about Lamar Jackson? You got to beat Mahomes. I think last year he beat Mahomes on Sunday night. And I went like this. I think even Xander and I went like this. Now we're talking. You knocked one of the big boys off. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. I'm going to give you that. I'm going to erase all the stats. I'm going to erase. Watch this, guys. Watch this. I got goosebumps telling you this. I swear to you, I don't care about stats. He beats that. Watch this. Xander, you're dead on. Because I think this kind of goes into what Barrett was saying the other day. You beat the Vikings. You beat Washington. Cards, Cowboys, Packers. You beat the Packers? Man, how about this? You take out Dak Prescott. You take out Aaron Rodgers. You take out Matt Ryan. We're talking about a different conversation, aren't we? Dude, sales. Sales. He won big games, dude. Because how many times have we seen Tom Brady win big games thrown for 155 yards, one touchdown? How many times have we seen that? But there was a play in the game that Brady made to Gronk or a throw to the end zone or even a throwaway or running the ball or figuring a team out. How many times have we seen? That's the difference between Rodgers and Brady. Brady wins significant games. Rodgers doesn't. To me, when you're a quarterback, some games I may have to throw for 450 yards. Some games I may only have to throw for 139 yards. I'm not going to question 139 yards if you're beating the Packers. That's why I don't question Garoppolo. Well, Garoppolo... Bro, it's about the wins and significant wins and five and two in the postseason, rolling into Dallas, rolling into Green Bay. That's significant wins. Dick Vermeil said it in 1976 when he got to Philly. Got to beat Dallas. Isn't it funny? In 2022, that saying still rings with facts. You got to beat Dallas. Dallas is so beatable this year. By the way, top of the hour, I got my playoff teams. What's the easiest choice you can make? 
Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'll tell you who I think wins divisions. And I've got my playoff teams. My predicting my playoff teams, top of the hour. Actually, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna do that after we take the time out here. We'll do that right after I take the time out. If our defense stops cousins, we should win. Dude. You got to beat Cousins and Justin. Personally, you want to hear something crazy? I know you guys are going to think I'm nuts. Xander, you'll probably think I'm crazy too. I think Cousins may be in the conversation this year for the most valuable player award because of Justin Jefferson. And you got a quarterback now that airs it out more instead of Mike Zimmer. You got a 1,300 yard back. You've got a 1,500-yard wide receiver, and you got a 4,500-yard passer. I don't know. You could play any kind of defense, and they had the least amount of turnovers last year in the league. Do you know that? Minnesota had the least turnovers and least interceptions last year of any team in the league. Wasn't that offense that was problems. It was that sieve of a defense. That's why Zimmer got his ass fired. Hurts won't beat top quarterbacks in shootouts. Our defense, yeah, but name. Name, that's a great point. Jalen Hurts is not going to get in a back and forth with Patrick Mahomes. So what do you do when you want to beat? How do you guys beat Patrick Mahomes? Jalen Hurts has the brain. You know what, Xander? If this kid can figure this out, and this is where Wentz can't figure it out, How do you beat Patrick Mahomes? You can't get into a back and forth with him. So you know what you do? Make plays on third down. Constantly third and short. You keep that dude on the bench. Only way to beat Mahomes, don't let him get on the field. He can't step on the field. He can't win. Sustain drives with that powerful O-line. 
make a play in the passing game, jump ball, A.J. Brown in the end zone, in the red zone. 26-21, you beat the Packers. That's how you win ball games. That's how you win a major contract. Jalen Hurts is not going to put 4,500 yards up, but if he can figure out how to beat these big teams, he'll get that money. You got it. Xander, I will concede to that. I will concede to this. Because if he has hollow, empty calorie stats like Dak does, and you're getting blown out, and you throw for 4,000 yards, and you're 9 and 8 again, means shit to me. You didn't get better. This team is not a nine and eight team. So I'm not going to look at, I'm going to look at quality wins. There wasn't one quality win last year. You know, I'll take that back. I thought that Saints game was a quality win. I, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think that Saints defense was the number one rush attack defense, least amount of yards given up, in the league going into that game. And the Eagles ran them over like they were a lawnmower. Okay, so to me, that was a quality performance offensively. Okay, that was a quality performance. You got some pretty good football people on that side of the ball there, man. That Saints game last year, they ran the shit out of it. Xander's like, Sills, just a reminder, man, we have two first-round picks and a boatload of cap, dead cap being freed up next year. If Hurts can beat good teams, he takes a team friendly, we could be real good for the coming years. Got to beat significant teams. I wonder if they're coaching him that way. Dude. Let's lean on the run game and these big hey, Minnesota, I'm not letting Cousins and Jefferson on the field. I'm gonna run the shit out of the ball in those games. And once I get to the red zone, I'm going to jump ball with AJ. Sounds like a great plan to me. Watch this. Run the hell out of the ball from 20 to 20. Then you play red zone offense. Go get it, AJ. I told you this. That's where that dude's going to be a significant contribution guy to this Eagle offense. He's jump balls, red zone. You guys have, I'm compromising here. I'm not going to look at stats. All that shit I said, I don't care about stats. He's got to beat significant teams. I'm going to look at some of those teams too, and I'm going to give you my playoffs here. I'm going to compromise here a little bit. Okay, I'm going to compromise. Okay. Name brand says, Hertz is a coach's son. He understands all this stuff. It comes down to his arm. I think it actually comes down, name, if he's patient. Steven, what's the use of a passing quarterback if you're nine and eight? When you have talent like this, where you're a dominant team at the point of attack, and your quarterback can figure out how to win games. 
figuring out how to win games is something that Carson Wentz hasn't figured out. Think about something here before we take the time out. Can I give you the – I'm going to tell you this. As much as I say some great things about Wentz, do you know personally the thing that I hate the most about Carson Wentz? Here's the thing I hate the most about him. You mean to tell me, son, you can't figure out how to beat Jacksonville? They had lost their coach. The thing was a train wreck. They were firing the GM. They were bringing in a new head coach. And you couldn't beat that team. On the road, I don't give a shit. A four-win Jacksonville team. I don't even know if it was four wins. You couldn't figure that out. It's not about throwing for 390 yards in that game, but you couldn't figure that out? How to beat that team? I personally think Jalen would have figured out how to beat that team. They would have been smarter in their approach. Dude, hand the ball to Jonathan Taylor. All you had to do, give it to Jonathan Taylor. So what if you win the game 10-7? Who gives a shit? This is not BCS points. Every Eagle beat reporter has said Hertz's arm is strong enough. That's the dumbest stuff I hear come out of those reporters' faces every day. I don't give a shit about his arm strength. I care he knows where to go with the ball. That's that's media pass talk. Hey, don't forget about me, Bob. You know, I'm saying good shit about the Eagles. Don't forget about my press credential and my accessibility. That's all that is. Give a shit about arm strength. Knowledge of the game. Knowledge of throwing the ball. Where to throw the ball. Who to throw the ball to. When to throw it away. Okay, when to throw it away is maybe as important as a third down pass in many games. How many times have you seen Tom Brady throw passes in the stands? Wentz, hold on to the ball. Sack, strip fumble, boom. You're behind the sticks again. It's that guy's career, man. Drew Brees didn't have a big arm, but he knew where to go with it. Amen. Peyton Manning didn't have a big arm. He worked out his game. He had to because he didn't have the arm talent that many quarterbacks did. Why do you think? You know Reggie Wayne is a Miami Hurricane, right? And I asked him, is it true that you guys would go out? You want to hear something crazy about Peyton Manning? Listen to this. So Peyton Manning would get Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne, and they would show up to a particular Sunday game, and they would go out two hours before practice running the game plan and running all the routes that they'd be running in games, and they would be throwing two hours before so that Manny could kind of like visualize the play, the environment, the atmosphere of Sunday, like a, like a game, game preparation stuff, like a pregame just so he can get the feel for it. Had nothing to do with arm strength. Had knowledge of the game. That's knowledge of the game. 
It's a game of angles. It's a game of repetition. Peyton was a surgeon, man, but he worked at being a surgeon. Payton could throw 55 yards accurate on a dime. Hertz can't. Hertz doesn't have to throw 55 yards on a dime to win ball games. Be smart with the game. Look what you have. Watch this, guys. If I'm Jalen Hurts and I'm in that huddle, I'm not going to sit there and go, well, I need to carry the team on my back, like Wentz would say, and I'm not going to throw for 40 times in this game against a team that has a suspect defensive line. I'm going to take Lane Johnson and I'm going to take Jordan Mulata and I'm going to beat the living hell out of you for 60 minutes of football. And then when we're done beating you, you're going to come out of that game going, wow, they not only beat us, but they beat us up. You know, to me, that's the difference of any Eagle team I've seen since 2017. That Eagle team, Beat you up. When you were there, like I said, I'd never seen a Patriots team get their ass kicked and handed to them. By the time the 60th second ticked off in that Super Bowl win, the Patriots wanted nothing to do with it. It was like fighting George Foreman or Mike Tyson. They wanted nothing to do with it. And they learned that lesson because what did they do the next year? Patriots beat up the Rams 14 to 7. You think they gave a shit about what the score was? That was Super Bowl number six. Who cares what it looks like? Tell you what, though, you walk off the field when someone's beating the hell out of you and they ran the ball down your throat and your quarterback made a play on third down and you're playing jump ball like this team's going to play all year long. Hey, man, I don't care about 350 yards a game, 250 yards a game. I don't care about any of that. Beat these significant teams. Beat them. 13-3. That's right, I forgot. The Rams didn't even put a touchdown on the board. That Ram coach, Sean McVay, was outcoached and outhit. Because Belichick had learned a lesson the year before getting his ass handed to him by the Eagles. I, I, I remember turning that Super Bowl off, and I'll never forget going, man, I can't believe Philly. They didn't win that game. They beat him up. Yell goes, that was a lame game. Yeah, but I bet that Super Bowl ring fit on real nice. I bet that thing fit on real nice. Jilly makes a great point here. Let me, let me, watch this. Remind me, Jim Furyk. This is going to go to Jalen and to um, Baird Brooks and to Xander a little bit here. Also, I have my playoff teams. I'm going to tell you why we do have to reevaluate how we're going to look at success this year for Hertz. Okay. I'm going to explain it here in a minute. Don't forget, my friends, our friends at Morgan & Morgan, where the fee is free, meaning they do not get paid unless you get your fair compensation for you and your family. If you are hurt or injured on the job, 
Morgan and Morgan has been there for over 30 years, collecting $13.5 billion worth of compensation for their families. That's right. Think of that. $13.5 billion. For the people is not a slogan. This is who they are. I know John Morgan over 25 years. And folks, I promise you, they are going to do what's right for you and your family. With over 800 attorneys and offices in Philadelphia, New York, and in Florida, they're ready to do battle for you. The biggest law firm in the country is there to do battle. I say this all the time. I respect John. I know John. And John's going to take care of your family like he does everyone else. And there's no such thing as a small case or a fender bender. Not at Morgan & Morgan. The call is free. The consultation is free. 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. Look. Open 24-7, seven days a week. 800-512-1600. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. Many times when people are injured at a place of business, they don't realize they may have a case. The fact is injuries should not happen. And most of the time when someone is injured, someone is at fault. Maybe the store manager installed a cheap, slippery floor, or there wasn't proper security. After an injury at a hotel, restaurant, store, or any place of business, it's so important to call us. Time matters, size matters. Morgan & Morgan, for the people.com. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears.
Welcome back. National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sills. Appreciate you coming in. Please hit the like button. By the way, programming note, Carl Peterson, one of Dick Vermeil's best friends, also former Eagle coach and executive, will be with us in hour number three at 530 Eastern, also the former general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs. He hired Dick as head coach there with the Chiefs when he was the general manager and had great success there, by the way. And also, I believe Carl Peterson was also the general manager of the Philadelphia Stars when they were the original USFL. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's where he left Philly as an assistant coach. And I think he went up into the front office and then became the general manager with Jim Morris Sr., if I'm not mistaken. I'll ask him. That'll be in hour number two. By the way, tomorrow at 4.30 Eastern from the NFL Network, Michael Irvin will join us. We'll get his take on Jalen Hurts and the Eagles this year. Um, yeah, so we look forward to it there. Yeah, he, he he was a heck of a general manager. Carl Peterson is one of those football guys that knew how to build football teams. I am a big Carl Peterson fan. He's also in uh, partnership, and I believe he's co-owner of that Vermeil winery that they have out in California, if I'm not mistaken, so... Um, yeah, Big Irv was on that team, man. He was a really good star. What a great football team. They had like Kellen Bryant. I think Herschel Walker may have even played on that team. No, Herschel was in New York. But they had Kelvin Bryant. Why he had he was a running back from North Carolina. And I think Chuck Fusina was the quarterback from Penn State. I, I don't know why that comes to my mind there, but um, yeah, so we'll have him on. Into third hour at 5.30 Eastern time. Do you guys know who Jim Furyk is? You guys know who Jim Furyk is? You have any idea? Okay. <clears throat> who Jim Furyk is? <clears throat> you guys have any idea? He's a golfer, right? Had that really crazy ass... Big picking, right? Had that really crazy-ass style of swinging a golf club, right? Really crazy-ass way. Guy won major championships, but fundamentally, he wasn't really, like, technically sound like you see with Tiger or you see with Rory McIlroy and them guys, right? Flex says, Smith and Goddard, good in the red zone. We call him toe-tap Smitty. Our top three targets, good after the catch. Which one do wonders Smith being overlooked? Smith's not being overlooked. You, pen, you paid $100 million for a guy. He's going to get the majority of the targets. Nobody ever tried changing Jim Furyk's style of play because it resulted in championships. How many people think that the Eagles have embraced Jalen Hurts' style of play? You think it's consensus now in the offices at Novacare? Do you think it's consensus now that they're comfortable with that style of play? Okay? You think they're good with it? And just like Jim Furyk, they're going to figure a way to win with it. 
They're going to, to what Xander and Baird are saying, you think they're comfortable with that. So you know what they're doing? They're embracing his style of play, like Jim Furyk. Maybe what I'm doing here is, okay, look, check it out. If we're looking for the next Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow, just like sometimes we look for the next Andy Reid, right? Sometimes that's a flawed philosophy, isn't it? Look at what USC has gone through for the last – Sander, how many years has USC gone looking for the next Pete Carroll? How many years they went looking for the next Pete Carroll? How many former coaches did they hire that were former disciples of Pete Carroll? Ed Ogeron, Lane Kiffin, Sarkeesian, all those guys. Nobody could be Pete Carroll. Nobody's going to be Nick Saban when Saban steps down. you got to hire a guy who's a good coach with his own style. So maybe this is what the Eagles are doing. They're embracing this style of play. It's not conventional. But you know what it is? What's the most important thing about this style of play that Jalen Hurts has? Tell me. Let's see how smart we are. Jalen Hurts' style of play is what? Compared to the traditional guys that are in the game. What is it? It's cheaper. It's cheaper. Jalen Hurts is never going to throw for 4,500 yards with the way this team is constructed. Can you imagine Jalen Hurts? Get this. What do you think Jalen Hurts would have did with the Cincinnati Bengal offense last year? He would have been destroyed. He couldn't play in that offense. Why? It was the 31st worst offensive line in the league. He's not accurate enough. And the old line wouldn't give him enough protection. Burrow was sacked 70 times. Hurts would be running for his life in Cincinnati. Can you imagine Jalen Hurts in Cincinnati? Holy cow, that'd be a train wreck. They'd have fired everybody. And fired everybody, including Jalen. It's not that he wasn't good enough to play in Cincy. The team around him and the offensive line wasn't good enough around him. He'd be running, he'd, he'd be Justin Fields in Cincinnati. Joe Burrow was sacked 70 times. I don't think he was sacked, what, 11 by the Titans? In that playoff game last year? <laughs> what makes you say that? Well, what protected Jalen last year was that old line in the running game. He wasn't a very good passer last year. I mean, he's not a progression reader. Would have won the Super Bowl. Oh, my God. Bro, you so you think Jalen Hurts is a better 
quarterback than Joe Burrow. This guy right here, Joseph, thinks that Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Joe Burrow. Mm. Some people, man, you just laugh. (laughs) You just laugh. Bro, it's not a it's it's not anything on J- Jalen has to have the same things around him that Dak does. Why is that so hard for people to sit here and think? I'm looking at this as a future conversation today. And actually, I think I've been positive because I just told you maybe the organization is comfortable with this style of play and they're good with it. And they want this to work. That's not hating. And I said, what will define him is this. Here's what's going to define your guy. I'm going to write down games. By the way, I don't care if Jalen Hurts throws for 104 yards in these games. Okay? I I, I I don't care if he throws for 100 yards. If you beat the Vikings, Washington, once, the Cards, the Cowboys win one of them. The Colts, The Packers, okay, the rest of those teams are not very good. I don't know. The Saints may be good. One, two, three, four, five, six. Let me ask you something here. What do you think Jalen Hurts and the Eagle record will be versus the Vikings? Washington. The Cards, the Cowboys, Colts and Packers. Let's do it. Do you do you do you beat the Vikings? Home opener? I don't think you're beating the Vikings. I think that's an L. Washington. I'm going to say you split. Do you beat the Cards in Glendale? Do you beat the Cards in Glendale? Michael, no. Do you beat the Cards in Glendale? Boy, that's a tough one. I think so. That leads me to say no. Count. Let's say split. Colts. I think you can beat the Colts. Packers. I say you're three and five against those teams. I say you're three and five. Because you got to play Washington and Dallas twice. That's not bad. 
because you'll kill the rest of those teams on your schedule. But if you get wins against Washington, you beat the Cowboys. You beat the Vikings. You beat the Packers. We're talking a whole different conversation at the end of the year here about Jalen's future. They've all got all these pass catchers. If they wanted a heavy run team, the deck is already stacked. If he doesn't improve the passing, he'll be replaced. But again, Flex, I think they're comfortable with his style of play and with the style of team they're building right now. I think they're comfortable with it. And that's why everyone likes what the kid is doing. When you have an organization from top to bottom that is 100% behind you and wanting you to succeed, okay, they're really hoping this works. Jalen Hurts is not going to be defined by passing numbers. He's going to be defined by these big games. That's what I think he is. By the way, I've got my playoff teams. I want to hit on it now. Carl Peterson at 530 Eastern. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on that. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears.
Hour three, National Football Show with your boy, Big Sills. Don't forget, in this hour, Carl Peterson, former Eagle coach and executive and general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs will join us at 5.30 Eastern. We'll talk to him about that great ceremony of Dick Vermeil going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's partners with Coach uh, Vermeil with his wine company. So we'll talk to him. That'll be again at the bottom of the hour. We look so forward to that. And a programming note, tomorrow we'll have Michael Irvin on with us, and he'll be with us at 4.30 Eastern time tomorrow from the NFL Network. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing the play of Kaiser White this year. I am. I think he's been maybe one of their most important additions that they have had that's flown under the radar. I love people who just go about their business and go out there and do their job. And that's what this kid looks like he does. He just goes and does his job. Nobody's hyping him up. Nobody's saying anything about him except this. Every time that you see him playing on the field, this kid's in the right position. He understands the defense. He understands what's being asked of him. That's great. That is an – he may turn out to be as big a fine an acquisition for Howie Roseman since Darius Slay. You know, it's yet to be determined how Jonathan Gannon is going to pass on Reddick. I can't wait to see how that whole thing gets plugged in. I'm still looking to see how he's going to keep a 6'1", 245-pound guy on the field for three downs. Personally, I think he's a situational pass rusher. I don't think he's an every-down guy. And I think that's the dilemma that they had in Arizona, the dilemma they had in Carolina, and I think that's the dilemma they're going to try to have to try to figure out in Philadelphia. I don't think he's an every down guy. I think he's a situational pass rushing guy. That's okay. That is okay. I'm not bringing Hassan Reddick in to cover tight ends and backs out of the backfield. I want this guy to put his hand in the dirt and get after people. Change the game for me. Eagles pass rush was pathetic last year. I don't need this guy covering tight ends. I want this guy to get after people. That's why he was brought in. My opinion. I'm looking forward to that. By the way, any concern that this was the fourth straight day now, Devontae Smith has missed practice with a groin injury. Um, They're not really even doing anything. They're not really even doing anything. And this guy's got a groin injury. Okay, that's concerning. Okay, where's his timing? How is he getting prepared for the upcoming season? You're already limited on scenarios where you're getting quality reps, and now you're missing four days in a row? Hey, we're now coming up to, he's clearly not playing this week. So we're going to go pretty much the entire camp without Devontae Smith getting a lot of playing time with Jalen Hurts? Okay. Does that concern you in any way? You know, you guys keep telling me that he's a thousand yard receiver. He's going to miss about 80% of training camp. A concern or not. Okay. Especially with the limited throws that they have because of the lack of exhibition football. I don't know. It's not so much that I think the player's not good. It's that where, where are you building this chemistry up? I keep hearing people talk to me about AJ Brown and the great chemistry that him and his buddy are building up. 
I'm not concerned about that. I'm concerned about what you're doing with Zach Pascal. I'm, I'm, I'm Quez Watkins. What you're doing with Devontae. Those guys, and Dallas Goddard, by the way. A.J. Brown should be like Kaiser White, seen and not heard. A.J. Brown's having a great camp. Really? Well, I paid $100 million for it. I sure hope something more comes out of it instead of saying, well, it looks like they're building great chemistry. What's he on Devontae? Well, Devontae hasn't practiced for the last four days. Oh. No concern? Okay. Kanjo goes, no concern. No concern for a team that doesn't have a lot of reps throwing the ball with live reps. Okay? Interesting how you look at preparing for a season. Okay? Smith would love Stroud or Bryce Young. Bro, we're not even there yet. Let's get to the Lions game first before we talk about replacing Jalen Hurts. I'm not even in that conversation, nor am I having it. I told you, bye week. Let's see where we are at the bye week. I'll give you more then. Right now, I'm not having that conversation about next April's draft. That's got nothing to do with 2022 right now. Today, it doesn't. This is about the Lions week. This is about preparing for a football season. It's got a lot of hype around it. Okay. I do like it from Chicago Smith. It'd be a lot of money though, friend, and a lot of draft choices. The bears are looking to really just gut the entire franchise right now. The bears are a train wreck. The McCaskey family has destroyed the bears. It's a terrible organization. All right. I've got my playoff teams. I wrote down teams that I think are going to make the postseason this year. And these are the teams that I think are going to make the playoffs. I think you're going to be shocked on some of the teams that are not going to make the playoffs. Let me start in the AFC. I think the AFC East this year is going to be much improved, excluding the Jets. I just think the Jets have a culture. Look, Joe Douglas has everything to do with turning that culture around. It's an absolute abysmal franchise. They've not gotten a quarterback right in decades. They've got a scenario where they've got a revolving door at the coaching position. Robert Saley, in my opinion, is a bust as a head coach. I don't see anything with him. And I just, there's there's nothing there. Zach Wilson, I can't tell if he's good or not. I don't know. I can't tell if that kid's good. Okay, but I do think the division's better. I think the Patriots are going to be better. I think that the Dolphins are going to be better, and I think the Bills are going to be the team to beat in the AFC. I got the Bills winning the division, and I got the Dolphins coming out of the AFC East as a wild card. I think they've done enough upgrade, and by the way, I think Tua Tagovailoa solidifies himself as a starting quarterback moving forward in Miami. I think Tua's going to have a hell of a season. I think that with the additions 
of Tyreek Hill, the left tackle they got from New Orleans, how the defense played last year, especially down the stretch, how they run the ball. Their tight end is efficient. They've got a good running game. Waddle is a spectacular player. The question is going to be health at the quarterback position. I got the Dolphins in there. I got the Bengals winning their division. Cincinnati upgraded almost every single position in that O-line. Four of the five guys have been upgraded. Okay? Four of the five guys have been upgraded. I think the Bengals are here to stay for a long time. If Joe Burrow can stay upright and they have rectified the position of offensive line and protected him and got away from those 70 sacks, Joe Burrow is going to win a Super Bowl in Cincinnati. Mark my words. This guy's a spectacular football player. AFC West is as good as it gets. I'm not sure I've seen a division this good. I really haven't. I mean, every team, including the Raiders, are good. And the Raiders are not going to make the playoffs this year. I got Denver winning the winning the um, the division. I got Kansas City coming in second. You know what, too? This could be an 11-12 win division, maybe even 13 wins. And the second and third place teams are 12 and 11 wins. Get this. I don't know if 11 wins is going to go into the – would this be fair to say? If you win 11 ball games in the AFC this year, that's not – Assured you're getting to the playoffs. You might win 11 games like the Raiders. Say the Raiders win 11 games. They might miss the playoffs at 11 and 6. That's how good the AFC is this year. There is a shitload of football teams. I think the Chargers are going to get there. I think they're going to make the playoffs. A team that's on the Eagles schedule that they have to play. I think this Colts team makes the playoffs. I think Matt Ryan is good enough to take this football team to the postseason. Man, this is all going to be so bunched up, in my opinion, when it comes to the playoffs. This is going to be really bunched up this year. And I think that AFC West is just an absolutely awesome division. I got the Colts also winning their division. So I got... Bills, Dolphins, Bengals, Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers, and Colts going to the postseason. No Patriots. Those are my playoff teams for this year's 2022 season. NFC. I got the Eagles winning the division. Washington. As a wild card, I think Washington has enough to be a wild card. Oh, you know what? I got to tell you guys this. I, I don't think the Cowboys make the postseason. I think that they just do not have enough. There is injury, there's salary cap. And you know, the most important thing that I think that they just will not and refuse to come to grips with. Do you know what that is? They can't come to grips with the fact that. Ezekiel Elliott is not the player he once was. They can't. I heard, and we'll get Michael Irvin on tomorrow, but guys, I'm sorry. If you think that that football team, the Cowboys has to run through Zeke, you're never going to win the games you need to win. I think the Cowboys could be a nine, 10 win team, but that's not going to, I, I, 
just don't see where people are looking at them and going like this. Yeah, the Cowboys are trending in the right direction. They're paying that guy $20 million. I got the Packers winning the North. I don't care what anyone says. You got Aaron Rodgers on your football team. Aaron Rodgers is going to be in the conversation for the MVP again. He, he's, I don't know if he wins it. There could be voter fatigue there. But to me, I think the Packers are still the team to beat. I got Minnesota. The second game on the schedule for the Eagles, I got them making the postseason. I got the Rams winning the West. I got Arizona coming out of that. Another team that's on the Eagles' schedule, too. There's some there's some football teams here that are going to be in the postseason that the Eagles are going to have to play. So I got the Packers in Minnesota coming out of the North. I got Rams and Cardinals coming out of the West and the NFC South, which is the worst division, in my opinion, in the NFL. The Bucs will win that division with Tom Brady. So your NFC picture looks like this, according to me. Eagles, Washington, Pats, Minnesota, Rams, Arizona, and Buccaneers. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, right. So your playoff picture is Bills, Dolphins, Bengals, Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers, Colts, NFC, Eagles, Washington, Packers, Minnesota, Rams, Arizona, and the Buccaneers. Let me say something to you about the NFC. Let's take a look at these playoff teams. Let's do head-to-head here with the Eagles. You think the Eagles can, in a, in a rematch, beat the Bucs? Let's see how you look at these teams versus head-to-head competition. Let me let me write. You you think the um, in a rematch the Eagles could beat Brady and the Bucks? GT says no. I agree. I agree. Jank, I think that Dolphin team has a solid roster. Two one five. How about this? I do think the game could be a tad bit closer. Flex says the Bucs are the last team. I'll tell you something, Flex. You know what? You want to hear something, Flex? I feel more – this is going to sound nutty. I feel more comfortable with the Eagles lining up against the Rams than I do the Bucs. Why? why, why, Is that that not crazy? I feel better about – the Eagles playing the Rams. Right? Okay, so they can't beat that. Can they beat the Cardinals? Yeah. I think they can. I think that's a coin flip. Can they beat the Rams? I'll tell you what, man. I don't, you know, I think the Rams win. But I like that. I'd like that matchup. How many times have you seen the Rams get run off the field before? I saw the Cardinals do it last year. The Cardinals put them on the floor, man. I mean, I, I, oh, it was the 49ers. Put them on the floor. 
I think that game would be interesting. I still think the Rams would win. But I think that'd be interesting. Can they beat Minnesota? And by the way, I've, I've already said that. I don't think they will. But can they? Yeah. Yeah. Can they beat the Packers? Here's one of those quarterbacks. I don't think so. I don't think you're at that level yet. Can you beat Washington? Yeah. So get this. Of the seven teams, which you're one of, you'd be in three of the six games. 50-50. It's all good. This is all going to come down to matchups, whether or not the Eagles make it. Can you – hey, you remember that – well, the, the 2017 year, remember all the upsets that they had in the playoffs that year? Remember all the upsets? Bro, you just don't know in matchups. I would really – hey, how would I feel about the Eagles versus the Rams? Okay. How would I feel about the Eagles versus the Bucks? Not so good. Cardinals? Eh. The Packers? Maybe not. Two teams I wouldn't want to see the Eagles play are Packers and the Bucks. And by the way, I think the Packers are going to have one of the better defenses. Okay, I think I think he's they're going to have one of the better defenses by the middle of the season. By the time the Eagles play the Packers in week 12, I think you're going to be shocked how good they are defensively. They've done a lot of investment on that side of the ball. Brandon says, till I see Hurts go score for score with a big-time quarterback. That's not going to happen, Brandon. I think the Eagle management is – I think they're okay with that. They're not going to go head-to-head. Brandon, they don't have a team. Here's the problem with – look, here's the fundamental problem with the Eagles. What happens if they stop the run game? He's jailing good enough to win in the passing game. He's not. He's not. They're not good enough to win in a 35-34 game. They're not having that kind of game. That's not who they are. They're kind of like the New York Giant teams of the past with Phil Sims. They're like that. Run the ball, effective on third down, make pig plays. You can get blown out by one of those teams too, by the way. Team just runs you off the field and you constantly are in three and outs because the defense is up, has been upgraded. Hey, Dana, what's the story on Ron Rivera firing the D-line coach, Sam Mills Jr., this morning? I, I, I'm, I'm still trying to find that out. That's not Ron Rivera. Like, something happened. Okay, there must have been something in the locker room that went down. I'm still trying to find that out. I've talked to Doug Williams, reached out to him. He hasn't said anything back. They may not want anything out of the building because they got enough chaos in that building. Okay? Eagles will have a better record than the Packers this year. Wow. I'll, I'll make a point to you, and I'll make, a, I'll make a prediction to you. I guarantee you the Packers are in the top five in defense this year. Want to bet? Okay. Want to bet they have one of the top five defenses in the league? Wow. GT. 
I'm telling you, it's Wentz related. Hmm. Mike goes, who's Rogers throwing to? Does it matter? Does it matter, Mike? In the last 42 years, they've got two first-round draft choices and at wideout. They find guys. They develop guys like Pittsburgh does. You make it sound like, who's he throwing to? It hasn't mattered. Yeah, it does. Devontae Adams wasn't a first-rounder. Maybe the last star first-round draft choice that the Packers have drafted. You can't. They've had two first-round draft choices in the last 42 years. The rest of them have been lower draft choices, third, fourth, and fifth-rounders, because they've had Favre and Rodgers. Doesn't matter. Didn't matter in New England, too, when Amendola and Edelman were playing up there. Didn't really matter. Eagles should have drafted Devontae Adams. He was a second rounder too, by the way. So what if you want it? It's the NFL and games mold into shootouts. Well, that's what the league wants. There's no question they want shootouts today. Paul says, I expect the Packers and Bucks and 49ers to struggle early this season. You're thinking because of the Ryan Jensen injury with the center that that's going to play a factor on the Buck offense. It will. By the way, I'm hoping that, you know, the elbow injury to Jason Kelsey doesn't linger on into the season. That's why when I started the program out, I think it's actually a great thing that Cam Jurgens is getting some playing time in the exhibition season here. I think it's a great thing. He's getting his reps, and he's going to be ready. Kelsey doesn't need reps. Okay. You play that long at that high level and you put your body on the line like that, <clears throat> I'm not practicing and playing him. As a matter of fact, helmets and shorts, I'm, I'm, I'm having him as limited as I possibly can. Even before his injury, I'm not putting that guy through anything. I'm actually having him be more of a coach to Cam Jurgens. That's what I'm doing. No Gronk could be a factor. Could be a factor. Okay. Look, I think this, I, I, I there's no doubt. I think this is why it's the NFC this year, not Philly. You know what's crazy? Xander, did I not say this months ago? I could see the Eagles in the NFC championship game. I can legitimately see them in the NFC championship game. I can. I don't think the division, and I don't think that the conference is that strong. It's actually at one of the lowest points that it's been in the last 10 years. All right. Hey, 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 Xander, if you could do me a favor, call Carl Peterson. We're going to take a time out here. And we're going to hook up with Carl Peterson. And let's see if we can make this happen here. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on that. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Welcome back. National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sills. I really appreciate it. Don't forget, tomorrow, Michael Irvin will join us, and that'll be at 4.30. We will have my former teammate, and we'll get his thoughts on the upcoming season for the Eagles and other teams around the National Football League. I'll tell you, the NFC, in my opinion, is going to be wide open. You know, I'll tell you, the Hall of Fame, I'm so proud to have a relative in the Hall of Fame, Andy Robustelli. And if you've never been to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, you must go. It's a must attend and it's a bucket list thing. And to see Coach Vermeil go in this past weekend and then to see Carl Peterson there. Carl Peterson, folks, was with Dick in Los Angeles when he was there at UCLA. He was there in that build when they came to Philadelphia. Carl even went on to... Um, become the general manager of the Philadelphia Stars, and then he would become, of course, the GM of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's so plugged into the NFL right now, and it was great to see him hand-in-hand with Vermeil as Vermeil went into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Here he is here, the former general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs. It is our friend Carl Peterson. Carl, appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much, sir. Dan, it's my pleasure. Can you hear me okay? You bet. I got you loud and clear. Good. 
I'll tell you, Carl, that message over the weekend was loud and clear. And one of the great things about Vermeil's acceptance speech or his induction speech was that it came from the heart, didn't it? It was almost ad lib. And it was so awesome to watch him and, you know, to see him, just your thoughts on him going into the Hall of Fame, because I know this has been a six year journey for you guys to make his case to get in. What did it mean to all you guys to see him go in? Well, I, I think I tried to articulate it with my, my presentation of him, but succinctly, it, it's the culmination of a magnificent coaching career. And what's uh, terrific for us that have been involved with Dick uh, through the years is that we we had a small piece of it. We saw what he did, how he did it, and uh, we uh, relate to and, and uh, celebrate his successes. Every place he's been, he's won. You know, he's one of the few coaches I've known who's never been fired for any job. Uh, he retires a couple times because he was burned out, et cetera. But the man is uh, so unique, and his love for his players and his coaches and football support staff is so much reciprocated. Uh, it was a marvelous turnout this weekend in Canton, Ohio, of Dick's players from UCLA, Philadelphia Eagles, Kansas City Chiefs, St. Louis Rams, and Dan, if you can believe this, five guys from Dick's high school football team that he coached at 21 years old, Hillsdale, California, came back to honor him also. God, that just tells you, Coach, the connection that he had with his players too. And, you know, even my wife said something. She's watching the induction ceremony for Vermeil, and she goes, you know, Vermeil's the only coach to be the high school coach of the year, a college coach of the year, and the NFL coach of the year. It just shows you the passion that he had for his players. And I would say this to you, Carl. Is this a fair statement that you guys beating Woody Hayes in the Rose Bowl was the most significant win of Dick Vermeil's career, even the Super Bowl? Absolutely. And I think he concurs with that also. If you notice, and Dick did this pretty extemporaneously uh, during the uh, ceremonies, he asked our UCLA quarterback, John Shira, to come up on the stage and assist me in unveiling Dick's bust. And the reason, and he said it in his speech, uh, he wouldn't be, I wouldn't be standing there on that dais if it wasn't for John Shira being the MVP against Woody Hayes, the undefeated uh, champions in the uh, Big Ten, number one in the nation. And uh, he had a great day. A lot of our guys did, but it was a marvelous and the biggest upset, I think, Dan, right now is still in the history of the Rose Bowl. That's right. That that Ohio State team was absolutely packed. Randy Cross to this day tells me it was one of, you know, Randy Cross is one of my dear friends, played against him in the NFL, as you know, Carl. And he yep. says this. He puts that thing right up there with some of those Super Bowl wins. When they beat Ohio State, you know, that's what Randy thinks of that win. Well, you have to. And I would tell you, you know, for, for myself personally, but also we had nine assistant coaches. Uh, it changed our lives. And out of that group and within a month after Dick took the job with the uh, Eagles, uh, four of them were head coaches uh, in uh, Division One football. Every one of them went on to great careers, uh, some to the NFL, some stayed in college. But it, it was a very unique uh, afternoon, I must tell you. And, uh, you know, Dick never forgot it. Uh, he never forgot Woody. Woody, if you remember during the game, that with a minute to go or two, he comes walking across the field on the 50-yard line, didn't care what was happening down at the end where the 
plays were going on and just came over and grabbed Dick's hand and said, young man, marvelous job of cooking, uh, coaching, you kicked our tails and turned around and left. And from that, Dick, if you can believe this, what, five, six years later, invited Woody to come and speak to our Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl 15 team the night before the game. Wow. And, uh, he, uh, dear friend, always, always was. Um, anyway, but uh, yeah, Dick is just so unique. And it, and it showed in his speech. Let me tell you something. Just before, you know, I, we grabbed each other and hugged him, unveiled the uh, bust. And he said, Carl, I'm 85 years old. I've been waiting a long time to get in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He said, they said, I've got eight minutes. He said, the heck with that. He said, I'm going to thank everybody I need to thank. And he did, he did a marvelous job. The other thing he did, and he pointed it out, and you know this, because everybody was betting the over on how much he was going to tear up and stop and, and get Kleenex and so forth. But he made the point he was going to wait till the end, which was really going to get him to thank his wife. And what a magnificent tribute to, we called her St. Carol. Uh, but he, he did that. And I must say, uh, it was a, a very fitting tribute to his assistant coach, Carol Vermeil. Carl, how nervous were all you guys when you got to Philadelphia and you saw, you know what, I'll tell you what people don't realize how bad the job was even offered back in the 60s to Lombardi and Wellington Mayor told him not to take it. My, my uncle told me the story. They don't take the Eagle job. Just don't take it. You won't like it. The fans are going to get on your ass. Da -da -da -da. Even fast forward to when Vermeil was offered the job, you guys eventually take it. What was that reclamation project like when you had to not only rebuild the team, but rebuild the community's confidence in the team? Well, this is how smart this guy is. Uh, we take the job. I'm, I come in as Dick's tight ends coach, special teams, administrative assistant to the head coach, basically what I was doing at UCLA. And within six months, Dick said, I need you upstairs. I need, we're losing our personnel director. He's retiring. I need you to do the drafts, sign the players, all of that football operations. So I thought about it. I said, well, let me, let me check what uh, my wife thinks. And anyway, he came back the next day. He said, what do you think? I said, I think I'll take the job. He said, does that mean you're going to fire me? I said, how could I fire you? You fired me. Or you hired me. <laughs> so I took the job. But then, then I really researched it. The Philadelphia Eagles didn't have a first, second, or third round pick for the, our first two years. I had a third round pick in the third year. We were out scouting uh, Wilbur Montgomery, sixth round picks, Carl Harrison, seventh round picks, because we had no early picks. And uh, I'd like to take credit as the personnel director, but I must tell you, it was Dick and that coaching staff that put that team together. And in five short years, we beat the Dallas Cowboys, the defending NFC champions, and went to Super Bowl 15. Um, it just shows you what Dick can do and does. Wow, man. You, you basically took the George Allen model, didn't you? And getting late draft choices and then – you had to go into the draft. I think we lost Carl there for a second there. Hopefully we're able to yeah. bring him back here. And hopefully we can get your, your pitcher back here. But but Carl, let's see if we can get him back here in a second here. Man, so they had to rebuild that football team without draft choices. And they had to go through the um, 
fact of taking late draft choices and they had to go with a scenario where again, okay. And they had to use, so Wilbur Montgomery was a late draft choice. I mean, how, how in the world they must've made a trade for a guy like jaws and such. So they moved, they moved up Carl Peterson to the front office. I always wondered because when he was at UCLA, Carl Peterson was a tight end coach. He was on the coaching staff there. And so it was Vermeil that had Carl Peterson go upstairs and go into the personnel. I've said this before. I think the two most, and even with the win that Dick Vermeil had as the head coach with the Rams, I say the two significant wins. One of them was that UCLA win over Ohio State. But I say the other one, was when they beat the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC Championship. And to me, that win there, that was the most significant win that the Eagles have had maybe for 20 years going all the way back to 1960. So, man, that game against the Cowboys, the Cowboys had owned the Eagles too for like about six years prior to that too. Wilbert Montgomery Yale was such a great back. But to hear how that football team was constructed and how it was built and to know that those guys had no draft choices and the team didn't have quality picks and they were still able to build that team, that just shows you the hard work that Vermeil had. I mean, Bergie was there, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Bunning, I think, was there as well. They had the makings of a good football team on that defensive side of the football but it came down to really just getting late draft choices and getting an opportunity to just build that team through players that Vermeil started to trust. How about that, Paul? I didn't know any of that. Traded all those picks for middle linebacker Bill Berge from. That's right. Berge was on the Bengals. Three first and two seconds in one third rounder. Wow. Berge was a hell of a player. In Cincinnati, that's right. I forgot that Bill Berge was in Cincinnati. I forgot that. That's right. He played for Paul Brown, didn't he? Berge was a great player. He was a spectacular player. I'll tell you what. You talk about some of the greatest middle linebackers of all time. Berge's one of the most underrated middle linebackers of all time. What a great football player. Michael, last weekend, went and watched that game from kickoff until um, – Hey, hey, Xander, let's see if we can call um, Carl back here. He's calling me right now. Let's see if we can reconnect here a little bit and see if we can get a hold of him here. Hopefully we're able to reconnect here. Why don't we just take a time out here? Xander, let's take a time out. And please hit the like button. See if we can reconnect here with Carl Peterson. Let's keep it here on the National Football Show. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. 
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Welcome back. National Football Show. Your boy, Big Sills here. Hopefully we can reconnect here just for a couple minutes here with Carl Peterson. Um, trying to still connect. Hey, technology, right? Gets us all here a little bit. Yeah, man, Bergie was a great football player. I thought that whole ceremony, the Bryant Young speech, everything was great. You know, you know, at the beginning of the interview, too, when we were talking with Carl, what I loved to hear was, you know, I mean – I mean, it was it was to hear those guys talk about Vermeil having high school coach, high school players and coaches that coached with him and all of his college guys that were around him when he went into the Hall of Fame this weekend is great. Jimmy Johnson told me when he was doing his induction speech that you know it was really all about his his assistant coaches and. Coach Johnson has told me this numerous times. Head coaches are nowhere without great assistant coaches. And this is kind of what we talk about here a little bit with Nick Seriani and his coaching staff. That is why it is so essential to make sure that you have really great assistant coaches in the building. I mean, Nick Seriani, again, Nick Seriani, and again, I – Xander, I don't know if you could resend it for him again here. I don't know. He said to uh, try to resend it if he can. He's We're trying to connect here. I mean, I think it's a little bit of an issue here. Ronnie, great job, Dan, realizing that you had a golden opportunity to get some great content from a legend and not letting it go to waste. <laughs> it's all good, dude. Hey, Carl's good people, man. God, that team was so good. You know what I think? Hey, I've said this before. The thing that I think happened to that Eagle team against the Raiders, and it was an upset. Um, to me, you know what I think happened? Okay. 
Okay, it's all good, Xander. Hey, you know what I think happened? How many times do you see this happen with football teams? They had been striving for so much to beat the Dallas Cowboys, and they had been doing everything in their power to try to beat Dallas. And when they finally did it, to me, sometimes when you get to that point and you get to that crescendo and you beat them, what happens is this, okay? You've reached your goal, and at the end of the day, what happens? You have a letdown in the next game. And I think when they beat the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game, that was their Super Bowl. I heard Vermeil talking about that a little bit. And he said when he got to the Super Bowl the second time with the Rams, he was not going to practice those guys two-a-days. He was not going to go through any of that and go through the same stuff that he went through with that Eagle team. And I think he wore him out. No, yeah, it wasn't Snake Stabler that was the quarterback. That was Plunkett. Plunkett was the quarterback in that Raider, in that Raider Super Bowl. It wasn't Stabler. Stabler won one Super Bowl, and that was the 76 game when they beat the Vikings. Uh, Plunkett, believe it or not, is the quarterback that won two of them. Brian Young's acceptance speech was probably the best I've heard from a player, and he is not a guy who speaks, like, a lot. He's not one of those guys, okay? He's, he, he's not a guy that sits there and – has all these enormous conversations. That's not who Bryant Young is. I happen to know Bryant Young a little bit when I was out in San Francisco and I covered him, and he was a super guy. Um, yeah, uh, Plunkett started his career, I believe, with the Patriots, and then he went to the 49ers, and I think it was 49ers, then to Raiders. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's how it went. I think he went back to the Bay Area because that's where he won his Heisman Trophy, where he quarterbacked at Stanford. Okay, I think that's where he went um, and why he wanted to go to the Bay Area there. And believe it or not, Plunkett's got two Super Bowl wins. He's got to be the only quarterback that's out there that won two Super Bowls that doesn't have a Hall of Fame ring. Okay, I think he's Native American, Yale. I think he is. I think he's um I think he was Native American. I apologize for the interview getting cut short there, but that's okay to catch up with Carl. It was great to see him. It was great to hear him say that too, and that all that great stuff about for meal and such. So don't forget too, tomorrow we're gonna have Michael Irvin on the program. Hey, look, you know, I I, I tell you one thing I've learned today about today's show. Make no mistake about it. I do, and I'm starting to believe that the front office wants this thing to work with Hurts. I'm starting to believe it. And I'll tell you what, I may not like his style. Some of you may not like it either. But when you got an organization behind you, like Philadelphia is behind Jalen, dude, let's say this. I think the front office, from the owner down, I think they want this thing to work. I don't think they're putting numbers up for Hertz to have to hit. I don't think the benchmarks are there. I think you and I, or maybe me, I think I've looked at it wrong. Jalen Hurts doesn't have to throw for 4,000 yards, folks. 
if Jalen Hurts, like I said, if he beats Dallas, he beats the Packers, he beats Minnesota, like Xander said, he wins significant games, that's going to get him an extended contract. I don't know what that means. I think they're going to have to come up with a new formula on how to pay him. Because when you look at Jalen Hurts and then you turn around and you look at Jimmy Garoppolo, oh, wait a minute. Garoppolo doesn't have stats either. He's just 38 and 16. You know what's funny about that? Jimmy Garoppolo's looking for a job right now. Jimmy Garoppolo makes $24 million a year. Jalen may never get paid the money. Like a Deshaun Watson at 46-1. There's no difference between Garoppolo and Hurts. Except for this. Jimmy G wins big games. Garoppolo, how about this? Even if you don't want to give him credit for winning the games, his teams win. Isn't that the same thing we're talking about here with Jalen? Okay. M. Reyes says, Jimmy G is a poster boy for falling up. Well, then what's your guy? He's not going to throw for 4,500 yards. What if he falls up? 13 wins. Beats teams like Dallas and Green Bay. Five and two in the postseason. I don't know about you. I don't see anything wrong with Jimmy Garoppolo. Brett Favre, when he retired, led the NFL in interceptions. He'll get paid? Spike, I don't... Spike. So, like, when I look at how you were... That'll be a conversation on what to pay the guy. Xander thinks they're going to pay him $40 million a year. Mm-mm. Why, I could get Garoppolo in there to do the same thing Hertz is doing. Why would I pay a guy $40 million when I can go find another guy to do the same thing? Because here's the deal. If you put Jalen Hurts on the open market with the style of play that the Eagles want to play, you wouldn't pay him $40 million. There wouldn't be a team in the league paying $40 million, especially after what they've learned with Dak. Why would the Eagles negotiate against themselves? Okay? So you think the Eagles will pay him $40 million, but no team in the league would. Not one team would pay that guy $40 million. Not one team would pay Dak $40 million. Never happened. Four years, 120. Are you crazy? Absolutely not. See, what I don't get, Roberts, is I see. So a guy 38 and 16 in San Francisco, he's 38 and 16 in San Francisco. That's not good enough, especially when the coach is 7-28 and without him. But you think that I'm hating on her. No, it's going to be tailored a a different way. You wake up in the morning and hate on the Eagles? Why? I got you in the NFC Championship game this year, winning the division. What are you talking about? I never – 
I didn't. I think they're going to win the division. I think they're going to go to the NFC Championship game. I've been saying that now for three months. Whatever, bro. Good luck to you. People would pay Dak? Who? Never. Dak hasn't won anything. What's your numbers and the number that you think if he balls out? I'll pay him $35 million a year on a three-year contract. And I'd say take it or leave it. I'd say $35 million per. $35 million over three with an option for the team is what I would say. Okay. That's what I would say. I would pay him a little bit above what the tag would be. So I'm still not sold. Plus the team's got to be perfect around him. Spike, I think it's great money too. I don't think he's 46-1. And, and personally, I think Kyler Murray's nuts. I think his contract is nuts. I think that contract is nuts too. Hey, we apologize a little bit about the Carl Peterson uh, connection there at the end, but it was great to catch up with Carl. Also, Dabo Sweeney, um, I can't thank him enough for taking the time that he did with us today. He spent a lot of time, a half hour with us, the head football. You know that guy makes $11 million a year? He makes three times the money Nick Sirianni makes. That guy makes $11 million a year. Unbelievable. And what a coach, too, so... I think his Clemson Tigers are going to be a great football team this year. Don't forget Michael Irvin tomorrow at 40 from the NFL Network. The Hall of Famer playmaker will join us, and we'll get his thoughts on what he thinks with the Philadelphia Eagles and with the rest of the National Football League. If you missed any of those interviews, please go back and watch it. We appreciate it. Till tomorrow, 3 to 6 Eastern, we'll catch you on the flip side. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.